0: I'm Alan Watt, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 28th of June, 2020. I hope everyone's coming through (laughs) the chaos, the planned chaos that we're going through. Um, Intact. Intact is as as much as you can really hope for, because things are getting pretty nasty, of course, in certain quarters. And uh, as to be expected, naturally, is a whole formula to what we're going through. And I've said before, we're living through a big script. So many times, uh, we truly are living through a massive script. And it takes years to plan big changes, many, many years to to plan them. As I've said before, um, I met people in the 80s who were involved with the far left, They like to to, to portray themselves as really anti-war, but the real ones at the top of it all, the the real core of it all, were really in in for communism, pushing communism. And they blended even uh, the early agenda with sexual orientations, etc., to get more and more members on board. And then they went into different ethnic groups to try to get them on board, disaffected groups and so on. So the whole, what we're living through today is a combination of the of all of those and more that were added on by those who run the world. And the people who run the world have of, often said the top communists were always billionaires, <laughs> always, even in, in the early days of the 20th century. And that's what you find when you dig in deep enough. They even had, some of them even had bank accounts, Swiss bank accounts, some of the most famous of them. It's uh, well understood and declassified too. But we're living through, again, big changes, and don't think the communists are some separate group doing their own thing. I've always told you that there's only one, one, one really force at the top that runs all of this, all sides, and that's how you direct and shape the world. And Again, you can't stress enough that Carol Quigley talked about it, that... This is our group. Now he was referring to at least, at the very least, he was talking on behalf of the Council on Foreign Relations. And he had taken over the their histories of them, their archives, to update them and so on. He certainly understood what was going on. And the Council on Foreign Relations, an American branch of the Royal Institute for International Affairs, they they literally are the globalists. They're the ones who plan the future. They planned... World wars, they admit that. They, they need wars to, to change the world. And as long as they can direct the shape and the course of the wars, then they can bring us all to what they wanted, the outcome that they wanted. And they said themselves, according to Quigley, that you can get more done in five years of war than 50 years of peace with social, planned social change. In peacetime, you've got to really do a lot of work, organizing, and so on, as a communist would say. And training, and preparation, and even it's a very slow process, trying to convince people to simply join you. But in wartime, you give up all your rights, and the authorities can then force you to go along. And you do it pretty willingly too, to save your your life. You'll all die if you don't comply. We've heard that so many times, and that's what it's all about. You see, uh, quickly let so much out of the bag because he believed in the cause that the Council on Foreign Relations, Royal Institute for International Affairs was all about and and that their effect in history and changing the courses of history for at least a hundred years under different names because they eventually settled on the last names but they different names in previous centuries, he said that uh, that they had such a tremendous impact on history and, and shaping history that he thought it was time that the public understood it. He thought they'd applaud it, in fact. He certainly did himself. He was all for it. But uh, you've got to understand that nothing happens by itself. Uh, and I won't go over this as ad nauseum, basically repetition, but the fact is, they had their own private collection of archives, of histories, of things that really the real causes behind things. Uh, that's quite something, isn't it? We're all, we're all getting taught the naive, uh, accidental view of history. Things just happen by accident. And meanwhile, the, the perpetrators and their offspring <laughs> take over, because often it's intergenerational, in fact, who get into these organizations. Uh, they're taught the real facts of what really happened in history. And if we're going through it today, it's just astonishing to see, uh, again, the naïve, authorised version for the public to believe in, which is meant to keep it as rather simple and compliant, and, and not to blame anybody, of course, that's what they want. And meanwhile, coins exists side by side, with albeit a, a dwindling uh, free speech on the internet, of people who have got the arch- other archives of what's really been happening, up until now. It's really astonishing, isn't it, to live through it and watch it happening in lifetime Sometimes, when it isn't, when some people are getting murdered, but you're not allowed to see are being murdered, and and many newspapers just omit it altogether. Uh, it's a fascinating time to 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 live through it and actually see it and experience it, knowing that when it, we get out of it, the system that then evolves or is pushed out of it, will will have all this expunged, you know. Uh, it'll be a, a seamless people's revolution, during a, 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 coupled with a massive a pandemic, they'll say, and that's where helped bring the changes about. It, it, both of these things are false because the pandemic was planned before year years before, <laughs> at least the, the whole course it would run, and of course the revolution too was, was waiting for the spike to happen. I personally think it was all coordinated together. I said before too, uh, even with the China thing with China showing us um, clips of folk just dropping in the streets, supposedly. And in a country that literally can censor everything in real time, they're really way ahead of of some other places, some other countries. But they they show you all that thing. Then they showed you the the massive response that they had to it of going, uh, all the things they're going to bring in here, they did in China, January, February, March. And, and publicised it, including their their home-to-home uh, inspections and so on, door-to-door inspections and mandatory testing down to the apps, mandatory apps on their phones to get into stores, etc., to prove they were safe to get in, Yada yada yada. The stuff all you're going to go through, that was all planned even before China got it, as you know. But facts don't matter, I've said that so many times, that facts don't matter and between big agendas and play but they also showed us the massive mists of these machines as blasting stuff and hundreds of feet up into the air through the streets and that was meant to terrify everyone in the west and the and the west sat and watched it oh we terrified terrified and then Fauci himself said "Oh, I early on i don't think it's anything really for the u.s to be worried about uh, chuckle chuckle and you find out that Fauci himself uh, was heavily involved in the Wuhan laboratory and the setting up of it with the COVID virus that was sent to them, authorized by him, and money given to... And oh, this is incredible, that this stuff. goes. I mean, and yet the guy's back on TV, apparently, spouting... His, now that the, the riots are, are kind of dying down a bit and the protests are going to die down a bit, but uh, he, he's he's back on TV, you know, Telling you about your lockdown All you back to social distance This nonsense This, this delusion That was put out at the vault, with all you follow That six feet apart Will stop the virus Even though it's a computer model That was invented in 2003 By a schoolgirl Because her daddy worked for the military industrial complex The, the name Glass, you know And it Had nothing to do with reality it Never had been done before and 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 yet they they make this this new this computer generated thing a, a, a law like like a, a law from God, because a computer technically is a a front for the new god, the scientific rationale, and so science says that therefore you can't get any more scientific than the computer that's what they tell you. I actually have a tape recorder, it could give you better answers than the computer, but that doesn't matter, does it Again, facts don't matter. You've all to behave in a very bizarre way as we go through the big, big revolution. It's just, it's amazing, and it's a political virus, isn't it? It, it can just switch, be switched off because you, you say switch off now, virus. There's a because we've a political protest to take place, and 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 even the folk that had us all locked down joining the protest, shoulder to shoulder, no six food, anything. And, but that's okay then, you see, because they told the virus to, to go on and halt for a little while, hibernate for a little while. And once it started die, but back again, he would go again. I said this would happen even in January and February. I said, you know, here's how it will ha- work. Because Fauci had said from the beginning, this will go all the way into to vaccinations and, and vaccination passports. Because they they had discussions on this. Way even 2017 and before, the same group of people that we already know what they would do with with the big vaccine companies, etc., and <laughs> right down to the names of who'd get the contracts. But again, facts don't matter, and, and these are facts; these are not speculations. You know, so. So, the, so here you have it. You know, it, it, we're, we're watching. We're going through the stage play. Only we're we like the Shakespearean plays, where Shakespeare and Stratford upon Avon, uh, the, the way the the stage was shaped, it would kind of go off into the audience at one point, and to an extent, the whole thing was to involve the audience in the play. It was very very effective at the time. Well, we are no audience, but we are participants in the play at the same time. Very similar. It works awfully well, doesn't it? So Fauci said at the beginning that eventually you would have immunity passports and you'd have to have vaccinations before you're allowed out again into society and mix freely in society or go to work. That hasn't changed. The tune hasn't changed at all. There was no consideration whatsoever at the beginning of natural immunity like you do get with viruses, about with everything basically. It was all decided that this vaccination program is imperative. Not just this vaccination, but every vaccination and every booster that they've got planned for you annually for the rest of your lives. I'm not kidding you. So this is an old agenda, but they, they brought it back in force this time. Yeah, quite fascinating. To actually live through it, isn't it? And, and I thought at the time too, well maybe China is on board being a globalist society and the model state for the world, according to the CFR itself, then maybe maybe they're on board with it. And it's the whole public. They have to be terrified of the planet. The whole, the whole population of the planet should say should be terrified of it all. Maybe that's the agenda. Are they all playing their part in it? Are they? I think we're going through an awful lot of theater right now. Uh, with with top actors you might say well, That's what they call us all Mind you if you're involved in anything to do With what happens in the world today and Politically or, or socially or whatever You're an actor according to the United Nations But the real actors are the ones at the top Who are front people really The ones at the very very top They're front people for this big global agenda And it's so convoluted To most folks' minds That they can't follow it it's deliberately obscure to them, and they used to been, they've been trained since childhood to, to listen to the to the news. Their authorised news is somehow legitimate, and and above board and above question. Another, why would they lie to you? These private corporations, uh, many of them owned by the government uh, agencies that run spy systems, and so why would they lie to you? It's quite fascinating, isn't it? And, uh, but they've trained people to be so naive, and when they see people come on it, they think everybody with a title uh, of professorship or perhaps to be or a doctor, this, that, or the other, must be genuine, and they would never ever lie politically or to, to bend or skew a thought or, or some real point of science, and that's how simple it really is. Fauci is completely politicized, and so is Burks as well. They've made their, their career bureaucrats, really. And CEOs of some corporations too, some of them. But the uh, yeah, that's how it really is run, isn't it? And big agendas, and you, it's a global agenda. I keep mentioning, or I used to keep mentioning the old television comedy series called M.A.S.H. with the intelligence officer called, uh, I think it was called Colonel Flag, Colonel Flag. I'll try and put up a link if it still works, to one of the MASH episodes where you'll you actually see Colonel Flagg, this kind of CIA operative come into the camp and try to explain what he's there for. And every so often in the comedy, this this kind of pseudo comedy, it would have this 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 guy who'd burst in all clandestinely and so on and be hiding, and he'd be, he'd be found by Hawkeye or somebody, one of the doctors. And 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 this this major would say he didn't see me. I've I've never been here. And then when they got they got him talking, of course that he would he would say what he was really there for. He was there to to confuse the enemy by implementing this to that, to this to that, like a chess game. And before he got more than a minute into into the techniques of deception, everybody was completely bamboozled and lost because he couldn't you just couldn't fathom the logic of it. But that's how it really does work. And uh, deception is just that. Some some nations have mottos about deception, <laughs> how they use it uh, in, in the intelligence agencies. Because that's what it's all about. The best intelligence is always to to make you make to actually make make public think that you're invisible, that you don't exist. It's kind of like like the devil, you know. They used to always say that uh, that Satan would would, would um, win when he convinced the public that he didn't exist. Well, just, that's how intelligence agencies operate. Uh, the, their, their job generally is to foment revolutions of one kind or another for their own political purposes and to, to dominate and take over territory and uh, resources and things like that, or even just political power. It's much easier to, when you've got to put a tyrant in place, they've done it in Latin American countries when it suits them, and they dethrone them too when it suits them. That's how they work. But the great thing too is to get nations fighting each other, uh, without ever figuring out that you actually organised the, the, the set and set up them to fight each other. That's deceptive, you see. That happens all the time. Very, very old technique as well. Britain used it, or London. I hate to say Britain because the British folk on it are, are just as <laughs> out of it as everybody else down through time. London's a completely different kettle of fish, a very old system of money, power, and the techniques of power and acquisition of more wealth. That was always based in the city of London, yeah, going way, way, way back to do with commerce and uh, mer- merchant bankers, mercantile bankers. Uh, they owned the merchandise, the trading routes and so on, and there were also bankers to the crown and then eventually to the public. Uh, that's how it operated very old technique way before even Britain was Britain uh, so it's no surprise to me that they, that uh, they can build up empires when it suits them using a base when it suits them and and jumping off to another base when it suits them too, and using another country or even a group of countries like the European Union uh, this is how this is how systems really work in this, this day and age. But they always like to say that, oh, so-and-so did this and so-and-so did that this country or that No, no. They might use those countries to force things upon other countries. <laughs> like they get the troops. You can always get troops from the working class folks in any country. I don't care who they are. And they always give the same tech. You'll You'll have respect if you put on that uniform. You'll be somebody. And... That's what happens. And every, every nation across the planet, and across Africa too, by the way. India was the same thing. You'd be somebody, somebody. And actually it helps when it's a really heavily, heavy class system. Because those at the bottom, uh, the, the, like the like the untouchables in India, suddenly have got some kind of respect. You know, that, that's how, that's a, that's how you, it's done. And you go off in your cannon fodder for an enterprise, which you'll never figure out. It's not meant that you figure out. Because for the troops themselves, you're always given the most basic propaganda as to why you're doing whatever you're doing. But what I'm getting at here is how the real big system works. As I've mentioned it before, the fastest way to unify a country is to introduce a foreign enemy into it. Uh, that's what happened with Vietnam. They, they had all these tribes fighting each other traditionally for centuries. And... How do you unify them? Well, you bring in America <laughs> to subdue it, supposedly, or to p- protect the South. And before you know it, you, you've united, that's united all the different groups that used to be fighting each other. And then now they're going to unite to fight the, the U.S. So you get centralization of authority very quickly. That's what happened. there. Uh, the same thing happened in, in the Soviet Union, of course. You, you had uh, oh it's, you, you had all the people on your side, all the peasants and the serfs you see, and you stand in your spokes you are be a spokesman for them and uh, but of course, the group that were advising them and training them and managing them had different uh, different plans for themselves. you know only about 200 families took over uh, running the, the Soviet system and their descendants continued in it for for a whole generation you. Know. And they lived awfully, awfully well. just as, as, as At least as high in their lifestyles as the czars did. It's quite something else. But facts don't matter, does it, when it gets down to brass tacks? So, yeah, you you're literally are living in a system where there's lots of uh, these kernels. So behind the machinations of the top intelligence agencies... And they really are layered and compartmentalized on uh, a need-to-know basis, and you don't ask questions, depending on your rank. And, um... It's quite easy for them to to run this, this, this massive chessboard. to get to an agenda that most folk will never figure out, really never figure out, because... Because, as I say, we've been trained to see things in one direction. In tunnel vision. Uh, and, and, it's, and that makes it much more easier for them to run rings around us without us either knowing or noticing or understanding why things are actually happening. That's what happens on a daily basis, basically nowadays. It's so precise and, um, and long term planning works awfully well when you've already worked out every inc- and incrementally every possible stage of the implementation of. Parts of agendas Just astonishing and Meticulous work goes into all Including how the public will react And different segments will react in different ways It all worked out before they make a move On any particular part of an agenda It's pretty well perfect And I always think of David Rockefeller When it comes to revolutions And his agenda was part of a An ongoing revolution That got on long before he was born and he talked about it, David Rockefeller talks about uh, the omelette. You know, he says that it's like an omelette that the gender itself that he was involved in steeped in. In fact, his family, too, were completely steeped in. He, he said this, it's like an omelette and the, the fallout, meaning the people who die and so on, like revolutions and all that, not just inside the U.S., but elsewhere across the world because he was involved in the CIA as well. But you have an idea, the CIA is also meant to to... to to really bring America into the system That you that the Americans all paid for They don't know they all paid for The present situation of the world uh, And once they're, they're, they're Paid for all and implemented it all And supplied the cannon fodder for all And the funding for all Then they must be taken down as well I gave that talk back in the late 90s That very talk And here we are And the last people to really figure out Are the ones who are Are <laughs> Stuffed at the end, the, the the victims themselves that paid for all supplied the military, etc. That's they're the last to see it because they were. You, you don't, you don't. When you're using someone, you praise them in the eyeballs. You give them lots of good publicity for their own troops, for their own system, and how good we are, etc. And uh, even though the general public never really understand what's really going or the reasons behind it all, of course you don't. What did America have to gain, for instance, by going after Iraq? Never mind the fact that they funded a lot of the the modern system of Saddam Hussein. They funded it into existence, and then they take take it down once it's it's used, it served its purpose, basically. But the average American couldn't figure out why should they, or Britain, either for that matter, why Britain and America should be involved and taking down Iraq that had nothing to do with nine eleven. And that's the, because that was always a big agenda. The PNAC group talked about in the nineties before nine eleven happened. Here's a list and Iraq was on it. So it was as good a time as any to take it down under the under the cover of nine eleven and Saddam was involved, which of course he was not involved with at all. Facts don't matter, as I say. We're living through an amazing agenda. And the fallout from it, too, of displacing. When she bombed countries into the Stone Age, they knew darn well that under the UN policies, which they also own and run, by the way, <laughs> would then export to the fallout, the refugees into Europe. and so all worked out way ahead. They called it blowback before they started to the blow and there you go it's we're living through it so the fallout the fallout the fallout this will do this this will do that and this will hit that hit this make this happen that's how it is you see right down to what's happening today and look at throughout europe and and britain even lots of those 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 people who came in uh, at the time after nine eleven and refugees and so on and so on and, so on and, so on, and they, they all even though they had nothing to do with the war, a lot of them too weren't even in countries involved in wars. Didn't matter. They're now the young guys that are protesting and even tearing down statues, being led again with uh, with uh, very European looking um, activists. And there's no mystery to that. Too the different intelligence agencies uh, that they work for. And they're multi-layered as well. You have to get to this one, to that one, to that one, to get to the boss of them all. But you'll always find the CIA at the very, very top, and the same foundations that Rockefeller worked for, or definitely worked for. He was the head of some of them, for at least the chairman of some. Sometimes these organizations, but he said, "Yeah, you can't, you can't make an omelet without breaking eggs. Breaking eggs is, is destroying societies." Breaking eggs is destroying lives and collateral damage, abroad and at home. I hope you're getting the, the picture, huh? And it was such a cozy relationship with David Rockefeller, with uh, the intelligence agencies, because the intelligence agencies came out uh, from World War Two, from the OSS, that was run by the same group in Britain, Royal Institute for International Affairs. In fact, the headquarters of it was based in their in their, their building. You know? And um, it never changed for a long, long time. In fact, that was their main headquarters in the U.S. Uh, their department for the U.S.S. worked there as well during World War II. And even afterwards, uh, uh, the U.S. side of it, with, with its, when it became the Council on Foreign Relations, his, his head was David Rockefeller, you know, and and often a lot of the, the different operations had on the go had to go through some kind of book work and requisitions for money uh, to get things on the go and working. And to speed things up, they said, some of them have read their memoirs, and so on, they used to go straight to David Rockefeller. He would come in and out of the, of their, um, their headquarters frequently, and they would ask him for money for this project. He was completely, inter- integrally involved in this great philanthropist, you see, uh, with the big foundations that he owned, Rockefeller Foundation that's still on the go today. Uh, still running the show, basically, for for the U.S., And it's already got the, naturally, got all the completely drafted agenda for coming out of COVID, which will take the, the, (laughs) literally have no rights at all. You'll be a pin cushion for vaccine companies, and you've got to have them be registered with all before you be allowed into this. This is where it's all supposed to go. CIA, CIA, CIA. Color revolutions, CIA. There you go. So I might touch on some of that tonight. And you have to get in. It. It's, it's not conspiracy theory. It's only conspiracy theory to those who will refuse to crack a book and, and and they don't crack the books from the memo. A lot of these guys who worked as agents, you know, uh, put so much in their memoirs and it'd be declassif- classed as declassified stuff. Very few folk read that because it's kind of boring too, naturally. And folk aren't really. Involved in what happened in even the recent past, and that it still it still seems old to them, even though it's maybe nineteen sixties, nineteen seventies, nineteen eighty. It seems old to them, but really that's nothing in history. And it's important to know that kind of stuff to get to find out where you where you got from there to the present day. So important. But most folks, I say, can't uh, and don't want to. to, They want to be told in a few sentences. Uh, what do you think, like Brzezinski said? And unfortunately it's here. And you do you do it, as I say, like like quickly said, you know, five years of war versus 50 years of peace and indoctrination. So we're, here we are in our umpteen years of war, and then they brought in Covid with a complete lockdown, uh, along with what's meant to appear as a revolution inside the nation. And, uh, and, and it's all the, the appearances of that too. It's an organized, it's not just accepted revolution, it's been devised by this, the powers that really rule the US and the world. Not from the grassroots, but from the top. Absolutely, no doubt about it. Meant to be, and it won't have the effect of what those at the bottom, thinking the running hole, uh, want that they'll get a little a show of that for a little while, but believe you me, what's to come into this system is going to have no, no favoritism eventually at all. We're all going to suffer massively because of it. We know that that's how things really work. When you have the, the, the ones at the top who are eugenicists, who own the world's wealth, who command. Nations to rise and fall According to the investments They can either pull out Or even even bail out countries When it comes to that But it, it comes with a tremendous cost uh, These are the characters who run everything uh, Who are all on board with this Supposedly rev- supposed revolution Can't you figure this one out here? Huh? And there's nothing to figure out When the WEF The World Economic Forum said that They'd have to start bypassing uh, the the usual democratic processes to get the job done for sustainability because the public were ignoring them. Well, here you go, bingo, how do you think they're doing it? And isn't it strange that this, what appears to be this this anti-fascist Black Lives Matter movement, etc., all well-funded and well-organized, and you can trace the funders, you can trace the organizers too. Uh, and intelligence agents involved with them. Uh, but here they're pushing all that, and they're all involved with the same thing population reduction. Uh, that, that's, that's pretty well in their plans, actually, because you see, everyone's an enemy of nature, which is destroying the planet, and it's not good for sustainability. They're pirating the same stuff that ultra, ultra elitists have been saying for years. And, and businesses should not open up unless they're sustainable and they're proven sustainable and they won't pollute, hmm? et cetera, et cetera. Here, yeah, the whole agenda's here. And folk think it's all to do with, with a spontaneous rebellion beginning in the States. There's nothing further from the truth. And the WEF are all happy about what's happening. So multi-billionaires are happy about it. And the Club of Rome, the big think tank that works for... Who came up with the idea of blaming humanity for climate change. It's all your fault. Therefore, let's implement sustainability. Because sustainability was a goal in the first place. How do you get the folk to give up all the rights while you're killing the planet? Oh, here we are. It's, It's quite an agenda, really. But most folk can't figure it out. Because... They're kept in the dark. If you keep tuning into television every day, you, I'm sorry to say you won't have a chance in hell. TV is not spontaneous. Anything you see in TV, even your newscast, is worked out by experts in advance. If each, you know, for each day, how to put something across. Psychologists can can get brought in, and neuroscientists, and behaviors, and how to advise them to how to write a particular part of a script for a newsletter recast, and so on. That's how it's done. What to tell the public, what not to tell the public. There's more not to tell the public than tell them these days. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you're 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 seeing the fallout. as so I say the 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 broken shells of the omelet everywhere now, and a lot more to come. And as as you go into it, I'm telling you, and this is not to, to give fearmongering or cause fearmongering, but, but they're definitely going to manage it as they're managing it. But when it gets bad and even worse, they, if you listen to the media, they're, they're, to, they're which they're there to tell you to deny your own sensibilities and your own observations. That's their job to manage the chaos as we go through it regardless of the fallout they'll tell you that things are still just you know just just going along and there's still folk protesting and still this and still that but and the COVID's bad blah 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 but uh, they're not going to tell you any truth uh, on anything they, they have formats for every particular instance that can happen of of terrorism even you don't get terrorists now internally you, you get folk who are mentally ill that, that is the standard agenda. That's what you'll always be told, you see. And, uh, and you're supposed to accept it. Oh, well, what could you do? Some people just go crazy all the time. And and that's it, you see. I still have a, a semi-plausibility for the public to swallow. And that's where we are today. But things are going to get worse in a lot of directions. And before I get into... The subjects in a really deeper way at all I'd like to just mention that I really go through the emails that I get sent From all over the world From people who give their opinions On what they see personally See, that's real history in the making As it happens That's, that's the only way it can be real history is what you see and experience yourself not what you'll read in 10, 20 years' time, but that when it's all been cleansed and filtered and authorized and so on. That's always how it really is in the Western societies. So you have to keep note of things, but it's good to, to share it of your own personal experiences. No one is little. There's no such thing as a little person in this world. We're all just equally, equally important, believe you me, when it comes to getting through this, this system that's insane at times and sharing what you're, not, you're noticing. Uh, and experiencing as we go through chaos, planned chaos. Um, And and putting your own thoughts to it because that's, as I say, that's what matters. Your own interpretation of your experiences and what you see. So keep sending uh, information to me because it truly does, it it opens up a world. Uh, And that's how you can connect things when you see the same things happening across the planet but at the same time in sequence too. Different kind of incidents that will happen across the world at the same time. That doesn't happen accidentally. Of course it does in this organization. And I think it's important too for folks on mental health to to share what they know because, uh, I've said before, the hardest thing in this world, the hardest thing, if you understand, you don't have to know everything or understand everything, but understand enough of how the world is working uh, in a world where y- you're not meant to be able to think outside the box. You've been you've been kept in the dark, so so to speak, you've been trained to stay in the dark, so to speak. And uh you know, that's what uh, Bertrand Russell said too. He said education, according to Fichte, was meant to keep people dumb actually, and make them dumber. That's that was the intention of it. He was all for that, of course, except for the Lee class. He said to himself, two kinds of, of people eventually the Lee class and the rest of the public. And the elite cl- they said the differences would be like two different species of animal, basically. That's what he said in his own books. Lord Burton Russell. Again, another Lord that, that, that played this strange left wing uh, agenda. Because left-wing is the agenda, it's much more efficient because you can get, folk can't argue with you under democratic rights, you just tell them what you're what going to do or else, that's it. So, anyway, you know, that's what we're living through today is a system, an amazing system, very long term, and much of it was, was planned before you were born. Definitely the conclusions were all mapped out as to where they wanted to take the world and we're, we're rushing through it right now. So yeah, just keep sending me your emails let me know how things are happening. I'll tell you something that's comical too. I've noticed this for years, I I would do talks. And within about three days, I'd start to get emails coming back to me, uh, with links to stories I should look up and look into. And and these were the ones that I'd put out in the first place. (laughs) It just happens, it still happens, yeah. And folk here, because you'll hear other folk grabbing the stuff and repeating it, you see, and putting it up. And then they send it back to me in a circular thing. And if they don't realize that I put it out before, (laughs) the rest of them is where they came from. I don't mind that at all. At least it shows you the speed that things can get around and information can get around. And occasionally you get a chuckle too, because recently someone in the States uh, had. told me that uh, there's a guy, uh, there there are are ways you can actually get shows, radio shows, on your phone, apparently, you know, you you can, as long as you get the phone, you can listen into it through your phone, even landlines, if you can dial them up, some of them, and you can hear shows, and a guy had been listening to, to, to shows, and he thought this guy was pretty good, you know. And eventually, I kept forgetting the name of the fella, but eventually he got in touch with me, and he said, this is his name, so I looked the guy up, and this fella in the States had listened on the phone, you see, and the reason he listened on the phone is because he's Mennonites and they're not supposed to, they go any higher than on, on the phone line, basically, for technology in the particular group that he's in. Anyway, I looked, in it. eventually got the guy on his website and all the rest of it, and he he was he was doing my shows verbatim every week. This fella. Without ever mentioning where he got all the information from. And I guess what he's using is now they're using programs, they can literally take your 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 talk and I'll put it instantly into into the printed word and he would read it off his computer. But it was verbatim of my shows. Write down to what he said, I think last week and the week before, oh, it's going to take longer this week, probably four hours. This when I went to four hours each, each talk I did verbatim without ever mentioning where he got this stuff from. So I was getting a circular stuff of my own links coming back via his stuff by people who'd listened to it and sending it back to me. Quite amazing, isn't it? <laughs> so um, that, that's how things work, yeah. So uh, I'll wait and see if the guy gets the word to perhaps either uh, be a bit more decent or send a few bucks my way, because I'm doing all the work for him, you see, and others as well. And um, he probably probably will never get a penny from him anyway, but at least he should have the decency to see where he got it from. That's a rather low-handed. This is the kind of society we're in, you see. everything's so corrupt, and there's no decency left in people. It's true, isn't it? We are at the end of a of an era. There's no doubt about it. It's everywhere you look. Where governments are totally corrupt, and they have been forever. It, it doesn't matter too. If, it doesn't matter how you make government. Uh, corruption is in 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 society, especially in an atheistic society. I'll get hammered for saying it, but it's the truth. Because in atheism, you don't you aren't even taught as a child moral rights and wrongs. It's just not there. In fact, in modern society and pure materialism, it's getting to the top. It's worshipped. You understand the so-called celebrities you're taught to worship. Uh, would you actually follow them if they're on on fifteen bucks an hour? Would you? Of course, you wouldn't. You, you, But you worship them, oh, look, because look at the fame and money they've gotten, yada, yada, yada. That's why you do it. Well, with that attitude, how can you have rights and wrongs and fairness in society? You can't, of course you can't. But it's all it's right down to the bottom level, like I've said, the vocal disc, use your stuff right down to verbatim, You know, you know right down to the, to the four hours that I put out. And copy it, and then they regurgitate it verbatim, word for word, line by line, without changing it. <laughs> and uh, I never see where it really came from. But that's what we're living through today. It's quite a society indeed. And it would matter if you if you had ten revolutions, you know, because folk have it built into them now, without without any restrictions. That uh, you get to the top of your career. Of whatever it happens to be, just get to the top. There's no rights and wrongs, there's no moral codes, as I say. That's how it is, and so it will always be corrupt, unfortunately. It will, really, you know, it really will. And, and you know, <laughs> the truth of this world with this intelligence agency running this show is that everything that's happening today. Was, was planned before you had the intelligence agencies to implement it all covertly. It's an old agenda and it has willing fools it knows exactly what to use and in the in the fringe element, the fringe element are the ones who got really radicalized. a lot of them are, are very disturbed, you know and they they said that well, we shall release the nihilists and the atheists and Mazzini talked about it. And Mazzini, of course, was a protege of Albert Pike for World Revolution, and he was the head of the World Revolution Society, which became the Communist Party under Lenin eventually. And folk think that Masonry is just a you know just a philosophical uh, thing that helps men like a self-help program, you know, where they can just share their problems and help each other out. They can certainly share their problems and help each other out to an extent. But in the process, they forget the history of Freemasonry, uh, which was always revolutionary, of course, it was when their main enemy was say uh, a Christian church, at least in the west it was Christian church and uh, and they well, they had no problem really in England because early on England had been taken over uh, from from its original Catholicism to the Church of England, through Henry VIII. And so it was much easier, uh, with, with the crown, or the monarch being the head of uh, the Church of England, uh, to, to, to govern, especially since the monarchs eventually all became Masons themselves. But then they used Freemasonry to go across the rest of Europe uh, to, to, to eliminate Catholic influence elsewhere. And it's well documented in certain history books. And it's not speculation at all, it's of course it was done. And again, Trotsky himself, if you read his own books, like My Life, he tells you that uh, he really fell into masonry big time when he had done his his um, mandatory, you know, part of your initiation into true communism uh, and it was to foment revolution and get put in prison for a little while, where you met other revolutionaries, and that was like a badge of honour. Uh, interestingly, they've the, the uh, asserted this, reintroduced the same kind of idea. By giving folk who get put in from the protests, uh, even some of the writers too, in prison or in jail for overnight, overnight. they give them awards that so they can wear. Actually, like little medals, etc. Very so. There's nothing that happens that brand this brand new at all, is it? Anyway, Trotsky mentioned that um, he became a Freemason uh, while in prison, and eventually he started to write books copious, you know, tomes really. On the, the wonders of Freemasonry, which is so essential for bringing in the world socialistic system, and if you look at the banners that were carried by unions, for instance, uh, and uh, for, for in Britain, across Europe and elsewhere, you, you see the Masonic symbols everywhere you look. And to for itself, uh, as as part of the doctrine by the founders, was to communicate with symbols if you understand that, just, you know, starting with the fist, which of course was the communist one, but starting with the fist and then a whole bunch of other symbols too, as a form of, of communication uh, that would go over the heads of people who were just studying them. So before I, as I say, go into this this again, remember you can go into cuttingthroughthematrix.com website, And help yourself to the shows that are put up there. I hate calling them shows. They're not really shows. They're always talks. Uh, Because a show smacks of entertainment, doesn't it? And I don't do entertainment these days. Uh, So help yourself to that. You'll learn an awful lot. Most folk do that. that You'd be surprised how many folk are using that. and uh, There's even some folk making their livings of it. But he'd help me out by buying the books and discs at CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com, and I got stacks of them printed up recently. And as I say, this stuff's going out, and I'll take a while to catch up. Not too long, hopefully. So be patient, as we're we're all being taught to be patient. We can't get what we want immediately anymore. And uh, up here in Canada, by the way, where I am, you can't even get yeast in the stores for bread. Well, the bakeries they are still getting it because they churn out their loaves and so on. There's no shortage. But I don't live in the in city. I'm outside. And there are no stores around me to buy bread, so I make my own bread. But you can't get yeast now up here. Quite some. So as I say, go to com website, buy the books and discs, and help me take a lot. You can to me too. You find out how to do it. And Cash is fine even, and checks are, are fine and PayPal etc. Uh, you, you can send, you can get the cash to me somehow so I can tick along with all the sites I have. Believe you me, this is not something, I, I, I've said this before, why I came out in the first place back in the 90s to talk about this stuff. It wasn't because I really wanted to, it was because I had to. I saw what was going to happen, I could smell it, I, I knew it. I listened to the, what was called the alternative media at the time. And the radio, but then, and I realized that they, they were right in so many things, but the the so-called patriot radio had no idea the big world agenda, and so I came out to explain to them what was really happening and I, I kind of rocked the boat a bit because uh, again intelligence agencies tend to run all sides of everything. they really do this is no, this is not speculation. and I went through the history of even uh, radio short shortwave too where the CIA had funded up some Christian organizations back in the 60s to combat the the influence of communist broadcasting and so it made sense at the time but they never let go a lot of this stuff you can remember that too and uh it's still the same today but I came along and kind of rocked the boat by eventually showing that what was really happening, I came out with the CFR's agendas, the world's, the world agendas, and so on And much, much more, and the other ones that existed that were kind of authorized, had to start following me for a while And I, I did rock the boat, there's no doubt about it, and um, I had the, the usual offers to, to, to get on board, etc. And but I didn't do it uh, So yeah, you, you'll suffer for sure, but you have to do the right thing in life, even if it's only for yourself you really do. If you lose yourself, oh, oh, what, what is left? Come on, what is what is left? So you got to do it for yourself. and by doing it for yourself, hopefully you get do it for enough people that are decent out there, decent good people. And there are decent good people. Out there are lots of them. They're generally isolated. and just like I say, you live inside your your head because it's, it can be unsafe at times to talk to people around about you who are perfectly well indoctrinated. And their indoctrination has taken, it's worked on them, you see. It can be unsafe at times to voice your thoughts. And now, of course, you're getting to the stage where it'll be imperative that you live inside your head, because when you go through revolutions, they're authorized from the very top, too. Especially, most of them are, actually. have always been that way, really. The old Bolshevik one was, too. I'm pretty certain of it. Especially when I had the funding of <laughs> coming from the U.S. and Britain, in London and so on, but it eventually becomes rather ruthless, and and the new dogma is a religion. It's always is a religion, basically. You have to recite uh, all the different um, communist or Karl Marx tenets, etc. And the children have to s- prattle off his school matsi tong in China had uh, The same thing, the little red book for the Chinese children. You might see some clips today, if they're still up there, where you would see the school children waving their little red books, and all chanting it in unison. Verse, just like a Bible, you see. And that's what you get. You have to prove your loyalty to, the, to, the, to this new system. And socialism uh, demands complete loyalty. Uh, you're given no choice in it at all. You have to be uh, one of them, or not at all. And if you're not one of them, you're, you're dangerous. And even if, you're, if you are one of them, you, you often can't prove it enough for them. You have to keep being so politically correct, and the virtue signal, I call it preening, because you get a preen just like a, a big bird, you know, in front of the other birds, and they preen themselves, and just stick out their chest to so see how beautiful they are. And that's what you see today. That's what you see with uh, all revolutions, the ones at the top, want attention. They eventually fight each other for attention, but uh, as people pull out of it too, sometimes you find that if the slaughter, I think it's into a slaughter stage, which revolutions unfortunately often go into, especially when the governments are allowing it to happen, <laughs> you know, not, the people start to get really cocked themselves. They really think they're they're the bosses. They really do. And they, they, they can go rather nasty and berserk. But you'll find too that people get fed up with it, too. That, that, let's say their, their own kind of lockdowns, as an example, in barricades or barricaded areas like they had in France in the past, you know, and their revolutions. and there, there were a few of them. Uh, or in the States at the moment... Their autonomous areas as folk get fed up with it and try to pull out or the or the shootings in the side gate worse or whatever it happens to be um, they can turn on them the, the ones who are more adamant and and the leaders can turn them viciously for, for as traitors you see for not going the whole way and suffering with the rest etc you got to suffer in these religions as part of it and but you always suffer for the good of all the greater good of what's to come you see and if old David Rockefeller was alive today, he'd be glorifying, glorying it, and he'd be absolutely bathing in what's happening today. Because he and the CIA, and organization, well, count CFR that he belonged to. And don't forget the CFR is also, just like any other intelligence agency, it's literally, uh, as I've said already, it's, it's compartmentalized. And by the ones at the top have a better understanding of where the world's supposed to go. And they always get their their own cash out way, way before any financial crashes or, or changes in regimes. And, and they're told where to put it, which is guaranteed to be okay. Because the ones at the top are the ones who are financing revolutions, etc. <laughs> it always works out that way. But nothing it really is ever as it really seems. It really isn't as it seems. We've lived through years of them, of them going through ideas of getting us to, to stop having children, They're quite open about it now. In fact, I've done lots of talks on that too. And it's not speculation. It's not paranoia. It's it's not conspiracy theory. It's fact. Bill Gates himself is one of the eugenicist, and uh, from a lineage of eugenicists, like many of them actually are, uh, who who whose parents and grandparents all knew each other too, because they all worked in the same organisations but uh, it's quite amazing to see it continue and continue and still with intention of bringing down populations and folk always think well we're not breeding much so they don't mean us no the west was the first ones that they tried all this stuff on and Bertrand Russell talked about that years ago but we do live in a an amazing system it, 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 it's like a, it's a maze that's why it's amazing it, it, there's so many different directions, it goes off and dead ends, etc. Very well designed, of course, but if you designed it from the top, from above, you can see it's easy to find out what it's all about. Uh, the general public are not supposed to. be able to think their way through certain things, and even what they want you to think through is, is they've got all kinds of diversions along the way to drag you here, there, and everywhere, and in all kinds of directions. There are dead ends, or until you give up. Or, or else you, you sound crazy. And, and counterintelligence is, many, uh, is very effective. And what they've done for years is put out people with incredible stories that would take you off into the bizarro. Uh, although this, the world is bizarre enough, mind you, all of this is bizarre. What we're talking about is bizarre, what intelligence agencies get up to. But of course, they've also used people to come in and make stars out of them that uh, will drag you off into La La Land. And then, of course, if you stick to the basic facts, uh, they'll compare you to the ones in La, La Land and actually say, "Oh, you're one of them who, that believe in blah blah blah." And part of counterintelligence. It's very effective, and the, the, and the, when if, even if you expose some of the the characters, they'll say, "Well, well, they, they put out some good stuff too," you know. Uh, that, that the folk, the folk like them. They like them. So they put up good good stuff as well, though. It's not, all, you know say, yeah, but uh, that's, that's the poison. You know, you take 95% or 98% of the, the facts that are churned out, they grab that stuff, then they add the 2% poison until it, it, it ridicules all the rest of the true information. That's how it works. Very, very, do you really expect of such a powerful organization uh, that boasts, like the, like the Cancer and Foreign Relations is one example. Don't forget, too, the same organization that created them it created the the trilateral commission. It's all one big club, you see, and many other specialized branches as well, including the think tanks that that then supposedly advise governments what to do in different kinds of policies, all kinds of policies and social policies and military policies and so on. Uh, it's all one big club. They're all related, all these characters, to the same clubs. But that's how you run the world You don't let things happen That's outside your control That's the beauty of them really In a sense It's macabre And, and it's sardonic <laughs> as well And uh, and rather evil you might say uh, But when they There's an old technique to Why let things happen by itself why, why would you let true revolution Happen by itself By just ignoring it, ignoring it Until it bursts out uh, well, what you do is you give the, for instance, you give the working class their their leaders as an example, and then you guide them, and the lead, the leader will apparently be very successful at times too in getting demands for some workers and all the rest. But that's the that's the trick that they use, uh, and they always win eventually because after a while they they literally complete one hundred percent own these these negotiators that talk on behalf of the workers. And then you have the negotiations, right? Uh, And you have the dialogue of of arguments of how you much to give the workers, etc. And then, of course, you bring in Marxist policy into the unions. And it's taught openly uh, that this strange policy of, uh, OK, we're we're going to to have a completely different system. I'm chasing mosquitoes in my house here. (laughs) Hold on. Now, the whole idea... Of this this revolution, as I with its religion, with uh, well, well, a few basic tenets, we're all equal, except some are more equal than others. That's that's the Orwellian policy too. And that's what you find right off the bat. Some are more equal than others, and that's what you've been told now. You know, and those who this claim are going to be, have been persecuted in the past so much, should be ruling over the rest now as a form of punishment. That was also promoted through the United Nations, and these so-called healing. Um, uh, circles that they had in South Africa. I used to watch that, and you would see people who, and different tribes as well, and different factions within different segments, and tri- very tribal in Africa, and very ancient anger, uh, hatreds for for different things that happened in the past between the different groups, etc. Even families that were really big families were <laughs> really, in a sense, tribes. But uh, you'd have these these uh, these talks, these circles, and. And they'd argue out who had done injustices to whom, and what they would do about it, and and, and so on. And it did, never worked out very well at all. It really, really didn't, because they tend to bring out the, 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 the hurts of the past even more so uh, by hearing them again, and never coming to any agreement, really. Uh, so but they, they never stop trying it. So you're seeing the same thing happening in the West as well because it's the same uh, CIA type organization with a color rev- revolution that's managing this one inside the states. It's rather evident we, we, Again, we, we float through society. We float through time our own time in a little bubble in our existence for so many years on this planet. We float through And most folk, again, are so concerned about just surviving uh, in their little bubble. With however much they can get, if they're ambitious, they try to get a big bubble and be above all the rest of little bubbles. But a lot of folk just get by with maybe a family, or maybe themselves even, and try to have a little bit of security, they're not too ambitious, and they're often very nice people because they're not (laughs) ambitious, (laughs) so ambitious, they don't want to dominate anything but they have a hard time existing as well, because everything that matters in life is outside your control. Uh, invisible people whom you, whom you never even know, you don't even know if they exist actually, you? but you'll never meet them for sure, run economies, they run the the value of your currency day to day, and how much your, your currency is going to buy, how many tins of beans it'll buy this week. Uh, compared to last week Because it was up and down And you have no say in the matter at all It's like magic Because it is magic It's not based on a, any reality anymore It's been completely common Dear by those at the top and uh, But they go through their lives Hearing little bits and bits and pieces About colour revolution It doesn't really make much much Of an imprint in them Because if the media doesn't tell you To really, really now stop now and think about this and make a big deal Then they won't because they do expect, like Brzezinski said, the media to do their reasoning for them that 's how bad it is now that's what they they came to expect it, and it has happened and the media doesn't tell them to we I can remember when they made a big deal with a, a prostitution ring in Africa I can't remember if it was Nigeria where it was, but it was young girls that were getting really grabbed and, and put off as slaves somewhere else and sold off um and we are all told to be so concerned about it, so concerned and so concerned about it. And it was a mantra in the papers for a few weeks, maybe even months. But meanwhile, as, as, as other groups were coming into Britain and setting up prostitution rackets here with young, young 12-year-old girls, eh, getting them hooked on drugs, very organized, uh, hooked on drugs, and then pimped out as young addicts and so on. Uh, and thousands of them actually involved in this. Uh, the media and the governments were turning a bl- completely a blind eye to it all and um, pretending it didn't exist. In fact, everybody was so terrified losing their jobs if they mentioned it, they'd fire folk that would bring up the subject. Isn't that amazing? Rather than doing it about it. But you're supposed to be worried what happened. Understand, the media is not there to help you. <laughs> it never has been. And its intentions, you'll never figure out what its real intent happens to be. But uh, it's rather rather astonishing what's been happening here Now hold on a second while I find this article I'm talking about Now getting back to We've said before that the test for Sterility or sterilizing the West was already done It was already done in uh, in Britain before it was done anywhere else Now here's, here's a few things that Bertrand Russell said, I used to read from his books on the air at the times, and someone sent some of the stuff back to me that I'd done years and years ago, I guess. And it's worthwhile going over, because when you, you have to go into the history of Bertrand Russell, and who his father was, grandfather was, uh, way up there, of course. One of them, in fact, was, was brought in to be in charge of the, the, the relief corn and food from America. In other places, but mainly America, to Ireland during the famine. And, of course, we know what happened there. A lot of it was just stopped or refused or diverted to other places and You wouldn't believe the things that went on in, in the past with uh, the great authorities that, that looked after you. Looked after you, right? Looked after you. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Lord, um, Alan Amberley was a title that um, his father got, Bertrand Russell's father. And his mother was Catherine Louisa Stanley. And she was a suffragette, of course, and uh, friends with world revolutionaries, such as Mazzini. And I think Mazzini and a couple other ones were the, grand, uh, the godfathers of Bertrand himself. It's just astonishing. Why would the British lords, right, who, who got their start, a lot of them, especially the Russells, uh, by confiscating Catholic property at one point and church property in the land, etc, and and who even went into money lending once they 'd done that and broken ties with the, with uh, the Catholic Church, uh, they said well we can we can also uh, do money lending etc and they did that too, and they became very rich and staunch supporters naturally the crown and were involved in it, their nobility. Uh, so, uh, so there you go. I mean, uh, yeah, and and here they are, w- with an open house basically for world revolutionaries. You can't can't you see there's something that just doesn't jive there. Why would the top lords, who, who were helping run a British um, or a London, I would call it a, the London Empire of the world at the time, uh, be involved with revolutionaries? A much much bigger agenda you see behind it. Anyway, he was a British mathematician philosopher an adamant internationalist. Again, internationalist, you see. And uh, he, he wrote some books, and I used to read them on the air, as I say. But, he, again, he was also uh, a member of the Fabian Society. Uh, and they're all interested for international affairs, naturally, which is a private club. That's the granddaddy for the Council of Foreign Relations and the European Branch of the Foreign Affairs that runs the the parliamentarians and the EU Parliament, and then the far the Eastern Pacific Rim group as well. I've been through the history before, but anyway, here 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 they are involved in all these things that we'd think are the opposites of what they're actually up to. But no, they're, they're they run all all sides of everything, you see. And what he said, Russell was, is his scientific societies are, are as yet in their infancy. It may be worthwhile to spend a few moments in speculating as to possible future developments of those that are oligarchies. It is to be expected that advances in physiology and psychology will give governments much more control over individual mentality. you understand the individual mentality than they now have even in totalitarian countries? Fishtis laid it down that education should aim at destroying free will. So that after pupils have left school, they shall be incapable throughout the rest of their lives of thinking or acting otherwise than as their schoolmasters would have wished. Now I'll say that again. I know it is. Some folk can catch it right off the bat, but but most folk are not. They're not used to having to think about things, uh, especially a, a, a paragraph like that. They get little bits and bytes of statements from newscasters, and that's all they're supposed to ever dwell on it, as long as a newscaster is talking. Don't even remember his last sentence. It's done in such a way. So here you scientific societies. Societies aren't yet as in their infancy, right? And this is maybe in the 1950s, he wrote this one. It may be worthwhile to spend a few moments in speculating as to possible future developments of those that are oligarchies. It is to be expected that advances in physiology, physiology, eh? and psychology, just talking about your biological system too, and your mind, two things here, will give governments much more control, control, right? Advances is to do with control over individual mentality than they now have even in totalitarian countries Fichte laid it down that education should aim at a destroying free will That's the philosopher uh, After pupils have left school, they shall be incapable throughout the rest of their lives of thinking or acting otherwise Than as their schoolmasters would have wished Okay now, just to get a breath there and think now, look at everything that's happening now. It's been happening for a long time. I've I've said they've been raising a generation for revolution here. <laughs> Where'd they get taught Starting off at school, right off the bat and right through their school, from junior to high school and to college, and you've got completely educated uh, revolutionaries who literally think that what they're promoting is their own ideas. Hmm? Think about it. Advances he's talking about sci- sciences and ad- scientific advances and your physique as well by the way, your physiology right look at the shape of we are changing folks <laughs> and psychology, right? Yeah. much more control over individual mentality. And then I've, I've said this so many times that, that eventually see like a mantra out there and lots of folks use it diet injections and injunctions will combine from a very early age to produce the sort of character and the sort of beliefs that the authorities consider desirable. And any serious criticism of the powers that be will become psychologically impossible. Hmm? Think about it. Think about that. Psychologically impossible. And then he says, gradually by selective breeding... The congenital differences between the rulers and the ruled will increase until they become almost different species. A revolt of the plebs, the plebeians would become as unthinkable as an organized insurrection of sheep against the practice of eating mutton. That's his sarcasm kicking in. In like manner, the scientific rulers will provide one kind of education for ordinary men and women and another for those who are to become holders of scientific power. Scientific power, see? Ordinary men and women will be expected to be docile, industrious, punctual, thoughtless, that's your entertainment on, and contented. Of these qualities, probably contentment will be considered... The most important. In order to produce it, all the researches of psychoanalysis, behaviorism, and biochemistry, okay, will be brought into play. There you go. All the boys and girls will learn from an early age to be what is called cooperative. This is a new normal, you see, cooperative. It means no bullying, right? right? I mean, don't stand up. For you. If someone punches you at school, don't fight back. You know, bit- Right? So you all be cooperative. That is to do exactly what everybody is doing, I meaning everybody else is doing. Initiative will be discouraged in these children. That's true. It's all groupthink now. Don't think for yourself. You, what do you mean, John? You, you, you you, won't, you won't go along with 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 this particular conclusion on this topic? No, I don't. I don't really. Believe. Well, you're, you're shunned. You see, and the whole class is meant to shun you, et cetera. And. Um, so, initiative will be discouraged in these children, and insubordination without being punished will be scientifically trained out of them. Okay. Scientifically trained out of them. There you go. And that's what they've got now. Uh, there certainly is, when, the, when the, especially the young boys for, for oh, many, many years now 20, 30 years, 20 odd years, 25 years, maybe 30, have been given really amphetamines. To amphetamine speed. Which makes you hyper, uh, they've, been, they've been getting that, giving that, to, and other drugs too. If they show that, that, they're, that uh, they're really leader have any leadership qualities at all, and they're intelligent enough to, to, to vocalise um, uh, their own opinions about certain topics that they're getting taught, etc., uh, there are problems. Or maybe even restless in school. Boys are not girls, at least they never used to be school and that's why they had to have the regular breaks and as soon as you got out when you were young between five and twelve as soon as you got out in these breaks you'd run uh, like the wind you would you'd run all over the place and chase each other and get get rid of that energy that gave you the ability to, to sit for another one and a half two hours in school till the next break that's how it worked folks and that's why it was there but now you're supposed to be quiet and docile, and and they drug you if you if you fidget or whatever, and that was all intentional and nothing to do. And all these fake and uh, new new um, diagnoses that came in uh, were all literally that fake, run by the psychiatric association and drug industry, with a much bigger agenda in mind, folks. Of course it was. So. You all learned from all the boys and girls will learn from an early age to be what is called cooperative to do exactly what everybody else is doing. Initiative will be discouraging these children and insubordination without being punished will be scientifically trained out of them. Second, as regards population, if there's not to be a permanent and increasing shortage of food, it's Malthusian, you see. Agriculture must be conducted by methods which are not wasteful of soil. An increase of population must not over or outrun the increase in food production, rendered impossible by technical improvements. And uh, then he says uh, to deal with this problem of, of too many folk, right? It will be necessary to find ways of preventing an increase in world population. If this is to be done otherwise than by wars, pestilences, and famines, it will demand a powerful international authority. Hmm? Powerful international authority. Hmm? And that's WEF prattling on about this too in the Club of Rome, and same thing, eh? We need a powerful international authority. And they've already said in the last meeting for the climate uh, change agenda, agenda, you know, the climate conference, they had a conference of parties, like to call it. They said that uh, it's time now to, to go the next step and start demanding that we reduce the population, like, mandatorily. Like, who can breed and who won't breed? That was an old agenda. Was, but these are always you. The same agenda hasn't changed. That's why it's old and you always at the same time. It says, this authority should deal out the world's food to various nations in proportion to their population at the time of the establishment of the authority. If any nation subsequently increases its population, it should not, on that account, receive any more food. The motive for not increasing population would therefore be very compelling what method of preventing an increase might be preferred should be left to each state to decide. Now, let's say, you are going to see mandatory <laughs> and, and definitely promoted famine of some kind or another. That's part of what we're going through now. This isn't just a, a Black Lives Matter thing. This is also the COVID idea, the World Health Authority, um, the CDC in the States, all these different organizations that really are part of the intelligence agency. And they're going to make it. You only see rationing. You will see rationing. So they want a global organization. They'll be in charge of all the food of the planet. There you go. This is an each state, is each country, is interested. So, so yeah. So it's the same agenda written in the 1950s and became a part of the agenda 21 for the 21st century, and 2030, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It's the same agenda, isn't it? Something. Eh? He also said, our members who are so important that for their sake we should patiently permit the state of affairs to come about. Surely not. What then can be we, we do? Apart from certain deep-seated prejudices, the answer would be obvious. The nations, which are presently increasing rapidly, should be encouraged to adopt methods by which in the West the increase of population has been checked. So I'll say that again. Apart from certain deep-seated prejudices, the answer would be obvious. The nations which are presently increasing rapidly should be encouraged to adopt methods by which in the West the increase of population has been checked. Has been checked. See? In the West, the increase has been checked. What do you think he meant by that? What's the biggest problem in the West? Infertility now. (laughs) <laughs> it's just quite something So there you go And educational propaganda With government help uh, Could achieve this result in a generation With this indoctrinations, There are however two powerful forces Opposed to such a policy One is religion You have to always, The socialists always have to destroy religion Because it, it makes you think well, I've got rights from God, not from you <laughs> and The other is, is nationalism He says, I think it is the duty of all who are capable of facing facts to realize and to proclaim that opposition to the spread of birth control, if successful, must inflict upon human of mankind the most appalling depth of misery and degradation, and that within another fifty years or so. So degradation within about fifty years or so, he says. So there you go. So it says again. I think it is a duty of all who are capable of facing facts to realize and to proclaim that opposition to the spread of birth control, now, birth control, and abortion as well, eh? if successful, must inflict upon mankind the most appalling depth of misery. You all be taught that the whole world is going to be awful if too many, too many of you, basically, and that within another fifty years or so, so it's all been done, about the year two thousand, and uh, we're not, we're not all crammed together. Um, most of the European uh, population is only, it's not even quite stable, but it's mainly through mass migration. So you're thinking you're doing good but not having children. but it's not good enough. No, now we've got to bring people. So you can't win. You understand this? There's another agenda behind all of this. And it's always been the, the transhumanists of Julian Huxley, their world. And how they would bring it into technological age, and how they would run and rule their own world without all of the people being around. It might take them years to, to just reduce and reduce the population, but it's bad that the population of the planet they want reduced, you see. And you won't go along with it if, if you really didn't bring in masses of migrants in. Uh, and and you're complying with with depopulation, you you say, well, why are are you forcing this on us? Our population is already dropping. We're awfully good. We're doing what you're telling us. Well, it's not good enough, you see. It's for a whole global agenda. And then you seem to be overrun with too many folk in your own countries only because of mass migration. You must feel that this is the whole world. It's not the whole world. (laughs) It's forced to be upon you as though it is the whole world, and you go along with it, you see. He also said here that, um, I do not pretend that birth control is the only way in which population can be kept from increasing. There are others which I, which one might suppose opponents of birth control would prefer. War, as I remarked a moment ago, has hitherto been disappointing in this respect. And uh, it's got what I said before here. That's what was taken from one of my talks. It says, I'll repeat that for the harder thinking. That's what I always say. And war, as I remarked a moment ago, has hitherto been disappointing in this respect. Don't forget, too, that at the end of World War II, there was a uh, it was really classed as a world meeting. for And as a royal, it was held, held by, I think the chair was um, the king of England before he died. The, the whole meeting was a mass meeting about depopulation. They said that the war hadn't killed enough people off. And uh, anyway, he, he admitted that they use wars to kill off people and grab, of course, resources, etc. And that's all you get uh, in Britain was one war after another. That was taken over from the US. And since at least, well, the, the, at least World War II, the US has had just nothing but one war after another themselves. They're still going at it too, uh, even as it go down to an extent. He also said, if a black death could be spread throughout the world once in every generation, survivors could procreate freely without making the world too full. So there you go. The black death could be spread throughout the world once in every generation, and survivors could procreate freely without making the world too full. There would be nothing in this to offend the consciences of the devout or to restrain the ambitions of nationalists. The state of affairs might be somewhat unpleasant, but what of that? Really high minded people are indifferent to happiness. But he also means too, really high minded people like themselves are indifferent to the misery or the or the <laughs> or the slaughter of other peoples that they find are useless, useless eaters. Uh. Think about it, folks. So indifferent to other people's happiness, especially to other people's. <laughs> I says, however, I'm wondering from the question of stability, which I might return, or must return. There are three ways of securing society that shall be stable as regards population. The first is that of birth control, the second, that of infanticide or really destructive wars, and the third, that of general misery, except for a powerful minority. Well, I think they're using a combination of all of these right now, aren't they? Uh, it's rather obvious. So, I'm, I'm just going through this again because it's, it's time to do so. Maybe uh, when you realise that infanticide too, and they've got post, a uh, well, uh, post, uh, post-birth abortion, <laughs> and they've been killing babies as soon as they come out and going to full term. Uh, it's all here. Everything was planned a long time ago, folks, and. And Bertrand Russell wasn't a a solitary character with oddball ideas, he belongs, he was part of the group put in charge of creating a post-World War II culture for Europe and a good part of the world. And um, he worked with the the, the Frankfurt School, he worked with the Macy Group, they were given permission by the president at the time to literally create a whole new uh, uh, culture. It wasn't just creating a culture, it was, they actually worked out so precisely the different parts like from here to here uh, right to the miniskirts even to, 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 to promoting um, sex, they call it free love which they're trying back in the late 1800s and then they tried it in the 1920s rolling 20s and the miniskirt again and the Charleston dance and then brought it back again in the 1960s along with drugs and uh, pop music and then they became rock and roll and the fallout of it to what was too many unwanted children. Well, let's help these poor girls out. and you end up getting an abortion. And of course, to give them the pill too. But there's nothing that's not worked out step by step. How do we get from from here to there? You have to go from here to there, 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 to get to that second place you want to be. You might have 50 different things you have to do you know, to make it happen. And that's how they plan these things. And then once you get to a certain stage, then then they, they, they bring back the either the long dresses or they make or they have pants for women, and then they then they alter um, even the of sexes into let's well, what's wrong with this? What's wrong with that? Until they they change the whole idea of that and marriage too, of course. So it's all planned that way, long ago And never for the reasons that you think It's not so, what did you say They're completely indifferent to folk's happiness Other people's happiness It's not to make folk happy, who you can marry Or whatever No, no, not at all, it's different agendas on the go And we're, li- we're living through a script As so I say Literally worked out a long time ago Long time ago hmm. Quite some I want to touch on something, too. It's an article that's quite good, actually, on why facts don't matter. It's kind of important. And um, this article here is, because I've said it so many times, it's, it's good to using the phrase now, because I've, I've said facts don't matter anymore, <laughs> and I've done poems about it, too, I think, and facts don't matter. It says, frustrated with COVID 19 restrictions on daily life. A friend said to me, I just want to know the truth. It's like that song, All I Want Is the Truth. All I want. Was, it, was it Lennon sung that? Or somebody sung that? Lennon's Day, All I Want Is the Truth. Yeah. But this article is from, I can't see the whole name of it. But it's, it's, anyway, it's A I E R, Financial. And it's quite a good, I have some good, good uh, little. Topics to pick on. So why facts don't matter to people, right? So, yeah. Frustrated with the COVID-19 restrictions on daily life. or friend said to me, I just want to know the truth. Like many people, my exasperated friend and others I know are mesmerized and frightened by daily news reports on the number of COVID-19 cases. You can cite all the data you want, and he gives links to such as these from the U.S., it's good news all around, but you turn on television and get a different message. And it's so true. you see the. If you go into facts, you'll see that the COVID thing was plummeting uh, even in April. Uh, and of course, but the media kept hyping it because they're told to. It's a big agenda. And Fauci would say one thing off the cuff and then he would say a completely different thing on TV. So it says, but you turn on TV and you get a different message. People worry about sending their children to school this fall. Because now now they're trying to say, oh, children might get this too now. I mean, it's amazing how they keep adding to it, eh? <laughs> to, to, to try to terrify folk to comply, especially aimed at mums, you know, because mums will try to protect their children. And, uh, oh yeah, yeah, our children might be at risk now. Oh my goodness, even though children aren't getting it pretty well at all. doesn't matter. Again, facts don't matter. So, some display authoritarian views as they execute politicians for destructive errors merely because they showed strong leadership. And it says, if you're wondering why so many people don't see the world the way you do, engage them in conversation. You'll find they're as well-intentioned as you are, but they're looking in a different direction. Beneath their opinions and fears, beliefs are shaping how they see the world. Because of different beliefs, your villains may be the heroes. They may look at the world of effects while you're looking at causes. They're hoping a better leader comes to power while you're considering how the presidency became so powerful and destructive. Until their beliefs change, they will never consider how politicians and experts with too much power turned a pandemic into catastrophe. As Einstein put it, whether you observe a thing or not depends on the theory which you use. To, to, to look at it, basically. It's a theory which decides what can be observed. The clear guidance politicians claim to dispense uh, the truth my friends want to learn uh, are not rooted in the principles of human flourishing. My friend is waiting for a government official to blow the all-clear whistle. My friend doesn't want to believe experts are as fallible as he is. And that's true. They don't want to believe in experts. That's where, and by the way, that's what also Russell said in the fifties. He says we're training up the people to be unable to even comply with the basic thing for for everyday living without the advice of an expert. He says eventually that they will be unable, unable to think for themselves. They need experts, and we're here now, eh? So back to this article. And he says, My friend doesn't want to believe experts are as fallible as he is, and the prevailing scientific consensus may be false. For me to explain to him why defining risk as an exercise in power would bring a blank stare of disbelief. And then he goes on to a book called Without You, There Is No Us. It's in her book. Uh, Suki Kim tells a story of teaching English to elite all male students at Pyongyang University of Science and Technology in North Korea. Kim, who was born and raised in Seoul, immigrated to America with her family when she was 13. Yet there were encounters over meals at university where some candor occurred. And they go through different um, thoughts on the song of General Kim Jong Il, etc. And how how literally uh, the students believed that he was brilliant, that this leader was brilliant, and everything that happened was, it was all powerful. It was like a god, actually. You see, this is how they train you. And that's what uh, Suki Kim realized, that that um, how they're all trained like uniformly. And they all believed uniformly. There's no individuality at all, basically, that's what i are trying to say. And students did firmly believe lies, such as North Korea, as the most powerful and prosperous nation on the planet. Well, Bertrand Russell said the same thing again, didn't they? he? He he said that every country, every country will tell them to live in the best nation in the world, and every country will tell them that they have the best healthcare system in the world, and yada, yada. That's what he said, you know. So all, all governments do that part. You see, they consistently lie, too, about the basic facts of their daily lives, Kim writes. Lying and secrecy were all they had ever known, she asked, in a country where the government invents its own truth. How could they be expected to do otherwise? Now that's a good little statement. A country where the government invents its own truth, we're living in a in a in a truth fluid culture now, right? Uh, a country where they, they tell us new lies every other day, and 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 literally will never—they'll always deny they ever told you a lie, <laughs> as they do it themselves. Anyway, it says, Kim was at crossroads for further conversation with her students. Was the student a spy trying to trap her? Because they'll do that, by the way. Or even worse, would the student end up in the gulag for merely discussing the limits of power? And Kim responded, our country is not for the president, but for the people. The president is just the face, the symbol, but the real power belongs to the people. And the people make the decisions when she was asked about that from a student. I says, if only what Kim said was true. Have you noticed how many Americans are thinking like North Koreans? They seem reassured and relieved when their favorite politicians behave like North Korean despots, issuing field guidance. When North Korean despot Kim Jong-un visits a factory or farm, he makes pronouncements for improvement. Such pronouncements are called field guidance or on-the-spot guidance. No matter how nonsensical, the pronouncements of the despot are revered and obeyed. North Korea, there's no path forward that doesn't begin with 100% obedience. There's nothing to be discovered, only edicts to obey, to serve the despot is the only purpose of life for North Korea. Andrew Como is a beloved politician, despite having issued field guidance, sending thousands of nursing home residents to their deaths. Things are said so casually here, and you've got to understand that too, that this is a, a, an incredibly important. Uh, thought here, you know, and in fact as well. Again, facts don't matter but <laughs> as the title says, but Como don't forget he did, he did put in infected patients in nursing homes and uh, guaranteeing that it would spread like welfare and it did and it added to the numbers of COVID deaths. And you have to say, well no one is that stupid it was intentional. It was intentional says, even in May, after news of his disastrous nursing home orders were widely available, his approval rating was at eighty-one percent. This is after it happened, eh? after it became known what he'd done. It just shows you, yeah, you know, the beloved politician. You see, today voices in the opposition to the field guides of politicians and experts are still being heard, but don't take this for granted. Tolerance for communicating opposing views is shrinking. Is it ever? Eh? Hmm? telling you. A March 2020 poll of Americans and it's got the link to it too with 3,000 respondents showed strong bipartisan support for criminalizing speech. Now not all polls are fake to start with. That's true. And that was part of the reason polls were invented was to sway public opinion because folk will jump on the bandwagon. Oh well if so many percent are all for this then I should be for too. The majority thing. Yeah, that's how it works. It's about 70% of those surveyed supported government restricting people's ability to say things deemed as misinformation. Nearly 80% endorsed the conscription of healthcare professionals. Government seizure of businesses and property was supported by 58%. Over 70% supported the detention of COVID-19 patients in government facilities. The majority of those surveyed did not change their opinion, even when told their views may violate, violate the Constitution. And as I say, often the facts don't matter. It goes through other ones too. Um, it says, we have all experienced the truth of John Kenneth Galbraith's famous observation, which was faced with a choice between changing one's mind and proving there's no need to. Almost everyone gets busy with the proof. Mm. Confirmation bias They go into confirmation bias here too This is we embrace information That confirms our view Your present confirmation While ignoring or rejecting Information that casts doubts on it So it's confirmation bias Etc And, uh, again, there's always psychologists involved now because we're so well studied, right? They know how we tick and what we think and how to make us think or make us want to do what they want us to do. (laughs) Quite easy to do. Not a bad article, though. I'll put that one up. And the path forward, it says it too, like Dr. Fauci, they believe the path forward is obedience. There you go. Obedience, folks. as they say. And... uh, That's a good good article, actually, on it. Obedience. You, You remember, too, when you bring in chaos, and this is what you do with revolutions, the planned revolutions, that really are not meant for everybody, obviously, because you can see who gets promoted and pushed and who's going to be the victim and all. And uh, no, this is, this is really, and it's not just a retribution either, because most folk haven't done anything wrong <laughs> to anybody else either. Uh, most folk don't behave like that. So it's been a great lot of um, hate taught and, and fomented in the training of people over many years to attack other people. So there's no doubt about it, that's standard stuff. You can do it within a homogenous society, too, by just creating political factions or religious factions and, and encourage them to hate each other and then, and then elevating one to slaughter the other ones and, and justifying why they did it. This is old stuff, you know. Or you can use the ethnic groups against the others and elevate another above another, etc., etc. And that's what you're seeing at the moment. This is old stuff, as you see. Plato talked about it too When he was talking about different kinds of governance And he talked about uh, What we we would call communism It it comes in after democracy When democracy becomes stale and stagnant And bloated and corrupt uh, Then you find that uh, the next step is generally communism A form of communism They would call it in translation Which is a totalitarian system again, you see and you obey and you are told and it's, it's not fair at all. As many wonderful, nice sounding phrases about equality, but really nothing's nothing fair in it at all. As George Orwell talked about in an animal farm and etc. But that's the system you get. And then to sort it out, because it ends up in chaos and stagnation uh, where nothing's efficient, everything falls apart out of incredible corruption. And the Soviet Union did the same to the extent too. Uh, then in comes uh, the, the, what they call the fascist type system to clear up the mess and get it back on track. You see the same thing in ancient Rome, when and it was built into their to their particular laws in Rome that generals would literally have to step in and become tyrants. Tyrant wasn't just a nasty word; it was an essential role at times when when the, their their own senate was so corrupt. that they, they were putting farmers out of business. The farmers that fed you and and then taking over the land for resorts, for themselves, for holiday places, and so on. Uh, total corruption, and and would come uh, a general, generally to to restore order and get the place, the, the the country fed again, etc. And back on on, on track. So that that's how it's done. And nothing really changes with that, except the people who who. <laughs> Follow revolutions are being used. The ones who, who who foment today and lead them are generally paid. Were awfully handsomely by outside source, and they're well trained. Uh, they're forms. They're forms of mercenaries, actually, some of them. But well trained for the parts and organizers, etc. So there you go on that part there too. Now, this article here is to. Uh, it's quite a good article about. And it's from it's from global research. I, I know that global research really is run by a kind of higher Marxism, too. But they've done awfully good uh, articles. Put, you've got to hand it to them for putting out articles and and being fair in some sense, too. And and it's maybe surprising to many that's coming out from this source, but they, they've gone into colour revolutions in pretty good depth in the past. And... Um, this article is about CIA-backed color revolutions, uh, the dishonest career of the remarkable Cerda Popovic. And that was by William Engdahl. And as his most folk have never really heard the name uh, of this operator called Cerda Popovic, but he and his organization called, and this is one I've mentioned before and previous it's called Canvas, C-A-N-V-A-S, have played a lead role in almost every CIA-backed colour revolution since he led the toppling of Serbian President Slobodan Milosevic in 2000, at least 50 according to the last count. Revolutions across the world. Do. Don't forget the CIA are the ones that are above of all, mind you. It says now he has turned his sights on Hungary and Hungary's popular and defiant Prime Minister Viktor Orban. That was in 2017. And in September, the 8th, a professional regime change specialist, Serda Popovic, came to Budapest and joined with the anti-Orban opposition groups in front of the Hungarian parliament. It's clear that Popovic was not in town to promote his Hungarian book on non-violent regime change, that's what they called it, but rather to to give aid to anti-Orban parties before Hungarian elections in the spring of 2018. And this is because of the manufactured aura of hip-doer of good deeds surrounding the personality of Sirda Popovic It's useful to look closely at who sponsored his remarkable career Since he founded a tiny Belgrade student opposition NGO Non-governmental organization called Ortpori. Otpori is called in 1998 with its now famous clenched fist logo The care of Sirda, his career uh, of Sirda Popovic from 2000 till today, suggests a remarkable dishonest manipulator in the service of foreign intelligence agencies and governments, despite his vehement claims otherwise. And I just want to mention, too, as before I get right into this one, I'm sure it's the same group that put out the same characters to run uh, or to interview with the globalist meetings, anti-globalist meetings, that were peaceful at the time, and as a newspaper, different newspapers at the time of it happening, uh, in the late 90s and early 2000 onwards, the globalist meetings took part in North America, some of them in a way. And that massive opposition to them, because it was really to, to, to do with free trade, the guise of free trade, was, to, to, was to, for us, our countries to sponsor big corporations to move to China and the, and the Far East for, for cheap labor. And and we, and through these agreements, we'd lose less national sovereignty, and our standard of living would go down. We all knew that at the time. It was well-discussed and well-promulgated amongst academics at the time, those involved in globalism and what it was all about. Uh, but, but we remember, too, uh, that they start to get these guys dressed in black, you see, uh, with a mask on, too, who suddenly appeared. And would start throwing uh, Molotov cocktails at police car at, during his peaceful pro- uh, demonstrations to try and get the whole thing. And uh, what it, it didn't encourage the rest of them to riot. What it did was make the folk turn against them. I mean, authorities almost go out uh, with the riot squads, which it seems is what they wanted to, to happen. But some of the newspapers put articles out eventually, tracing it back to one of these, uh, these nations, you see. And... Uh, And they found a a training center for particular radicals who would go into countries and overthrow them. Uh, They would use the mass populism, basically, of protesters against different uh, organizations. They would use that. They would jump, just like the Bolshevik revolution technique, uh, they would jump, pick it back on their back, and then try and guide them into mass rioting for, for their own causes. Then they would take the lead, you see. That's how the Bolsheviks took over. The Bolsheviks needed masses, to, to take over Russia, and that's what you do. So they jump on a legitimate reason or, or, or demonstration or protest, and they subvert it for your own causes, you see. But this article here is talking about the fact that these are color revolution. the most famous organization for toppling governments in this day and age is the CIA. It used to be MI6 and there' name before it for the Secret Service and so on for Britain. But the U.S. took that over long ago, that, that role. I just off the cuff before I get into it, too, is that uh, that there's a movie that was put out with um, one of the, the James Bond characters, Pierce Brosnan, in a movie called No Escape. And I don't know when it was done, but was, I, I don't know if it was supposed to be uh, in Thailand or where it was, but it was it, it was some over that area bordering Vietnam, and. It's about it's about really a, a a nation, or or a country, or even an island, where uh, an American corporation or British corporation, American British, had literally we gone into the just like the just like the, that some um, character who talked about, I was an economic hitman. It's that kind of technique, and. Uh, That agents in the country that would encourage the politicians and buy them off and so on. So, give them little loans to get water distribution and systems set up and things like that, energy, Uh, and knowing they couldn't repay them because it makes sure things would happen that would detract from the payments by causing disasters or whatever it happened to be. And then they would take over the island and have the whole island in debt until they they owned the resources of the island or, or the country. And that's what the movie's about. And Piers Brosnan. Was one of the the agents. It's quite interesting how he explained it hurriedly to a guy. Who had no idea was. He and his family got caught in this, this revolution without nothing to do with them. And uh, he says, "You know, we, we started all this. We wanted their resources and so on. And this is how we did it. We got into debt, and we helped them out by encouraging me to set up systems of energy and resources and." and air and water uh, systems and and we'd we'd end up owning it all and then we couldn't pay it so uh, the interest on it so then we'd take over the country and that's literally what that's the old system but it was quite quite a good movie actually in that kind of respect to show you how it's done and why folk get awfully fed up and uh, take up arms to kick the foreigners out (laughs) that's how it happens but yet, that's where we are with these color revolutions, they're not just spontaneous The folk who follow anything are the useful idiots to call them well, I hate to say it, and you might have, you think you've got, you've got high-minded philosophical ideas and moral ideas But you're all being used And you won't know that to, to maybe a, a year or two or a few years down the road But the way things are going with this thing, with the slowdown, with the COVID thing It, it works perfectly well with, with revolution um, and, and into total austerity and rationing, and and lockdowns, permanent lockdowns under this socialist system, as they bring you in. Um, I've noticed that uh, some countries already are locking you down with a passport. That your 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 passport it isn't just your not vaccinations. It's a complete passport to even for your, your own community, and you won't be allowed outside your community. Very tried that in some of the far eastern areas. This is, this is all marked, planned out long before this all happened, folks. You know. So this goes in again, this article, back to it. How, how Popovic first gave international notice as a founder of the Belgrade Student Political Activist Organization, Ortpor, which means resistance in Serbian. And then it says it was soon to change uh, the, the student grievances. He and other Optor founders then trained were trained in the methods of U.S. regime change specialist Gene Sharp, who's founder of the Albert Einstein Institute, awfully important organizations is Albert Einstein Institute in Cambridge, Massachusetts, and by U.S. State Department soft coup specialists such as Belgrade Ambassador Richard Miles and other trained U.S. intelligence operatives, including election specialists and public relations image makers. You're starting to get a picture here, how it works. Uh, Guiding uh, Otpor's uh, Milosevic uh, ouster operation, US ambassador to Serbia Richard Miles was a specialist in the regime change, the CIA right? far more so than in classical diplomacy. He orchestrated the CIA coup in Azerbaijan uh, that brought uh, Aliyev to power in 1993 before arriving in Belgrade and after that he went on to orchestrate the CIA coup in Georgia that brought US asset uh, Michael Zakash. Uh, Sakashvili to power. The U.S. Agency for International Development, as the big one who spreads the funding, USAID, widely known as a CIA front, had channeled the Serb to our millions of dollars in funds through commercial contractors and through the U.S. government-financed NGOs. The National Endowment for Democracy, NED, NED. This, this, this is all part. These are all branches and specialized branches. Uh, in this cluster of the cia the national democratic institute and the international republican institute the open society institute of george soros was also funding money and popovics odd pearl for the topping of milosevic uh, I have yet to find a CIA and U.S. State Department regime change or color revolution in which the democracy-building foundations of Soros were not a kind of harmony with the Washington State Department and CIA agenda. And isn't that the truth, eh? So they all work together, right? The U.S. Agency for International Development, (USAID). Uh, some people have been in touch with me who worked for it, by the way. <laughs> and uh, that's how they get into the CIA on some of the phone. It's almost like a an apprenticeship uh, into one of these organizations, but USAID's a, a well-known one. They pick up the, the process of, of helping them across the world, helping people, and they start to catch on how the, it works through funding and, and then manipulation of the funds into um, demanding money back or demanding policy changes within the countries in exchange for aid, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, until you change the whole culture, maybe, etc. And the system. So, USAID, well known as a CIA front, Charles the Serb, ought for millions of dollars, millions of dollars, right, in funds through commercial contractors and through the US government finance. You remember that one? It was, it was supposedly blown up in uh, north of Syria, an American contractor. And then they blamed uh, the Iranian troops that were working with the Syrian government. And so they so they eventually killed a, a, a general, uh, an Iranian general, in retribution. Remember that? Well, get back. Think about it. See the, the guy that they killed supposedly that this general, which they claimed, them, I doubt the generals behind it. It was a sporadic thing with the contractor in North uh, in, in Syria who was working for the U.S. government. A CIA, we're talking about here again. So. That's what they do. National Endowment for Democracy, NED. National Democratic Institute, NDI, and the International Republican Institute, IRI. The Open Society Institute of George Soros, and the toppling of blah blah, and and, and many other ones. By the way, they're all part of the color revolution, and they, of course the media is all on board with it too, right? It says the NED with its affiliates was a project of Ronald Reagan's CIA head Bill Casey in the early nineteen eighties to conceal CIA regime change operations around the world behind the front of a private democracy NGO. The NED. Alan Weinstein, co founder of the NED, had made to the Washington Post a lot of what we do today was done covertly twenty five years ago by the CIA. See? So these these are really they're disguised assets, as they call them. But they're still CIA. Well, we're, that's not the CIA now. No, no, it's it, it's NED, we call it, <laughs> and and it's and it's USAID and blah blah blah. You see, according to Michael Dobbs, who was foreign investigative reporter for the Washington Post, during Milosevic's ouster, the IRI paid for Popovic and some two dozen other poor. Leaders to attend a training seminar on nonviolent resistance at the Hilton Hotel in Budapest in October 1999. There, Popovic and the other hand-picked Serbian students received training in such matters as how to organize a strike, and how to communicate with symbols. How to communicate with symbols, such as a clenched fist, that became their logo. They learned how to overcome fear and how to undermine the authority of a dictatorial regime. The principal lecturer at the secret Hilton Hotel meeting was Gene Sharp's associate retired U.S. Army colonel, Robert Helvey, former defense intelligence agency analyst who trained and then used autoporal activists to distribute 70,000 copies of a manual on non-violent resistance in Serb translation. Uh, Helvey worked with the, the Gene Sharp founder of the controversial Albert Einstein Institution, Teaching techniques to the U.S. government to conceal its coup de'tat under the guise of non-violence, Sharp was described by Helvey as a Clausewitz of the non-violence movement—a reference to the renowned Prussian military strategist. Mind you, they have—they have—they always have a, a, what they call a passive wing or non-violent wing. This is what you find in communism always have that too, and then you'd have their their advanced one. They're, 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 they're hard. The IRA had it too, mind you. They'd have they had their Sinn Féin leader and then they'd have the, the active IRA, you see, the, 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 the real physical stuff. And you find organizations inside the U.S., in fact, had the, still have the same organizations. Some of them were actually terrorist organizations in the 60s and 70s. They're now uh, uh, advising the FBI. Quite amazing, isn't it? So Popovic and his Otpor NGO recipients of a major share of over $41 million US, U.S. government money for their democracy-building campaign in Serbia. Dobbs describes the U.S. involvement, says behind the seemingly spontaneity of the street uprisings that forced Milosevic to respect the results of a hotly contested presidential election, on September 24th was a careful research strategy to put put together by Serbian democracy activists with active assistance of Western advisors and pollsters. US-funded consultants played a crucial role behind the scenes in virtually every facet of the anti-drive, running tracking polls, training thousands of opposition activists, and helping to organise a vitally important parallel vote count, U.S. taxpayers paid for 5,000 cans of spray paint used by student activists to scrawl anti milosevic graffiti on walls across Serbia. In short, Popovic began his revolution-making career as a regime-change specialist in an operation funded by the CIA, the U.S. State Department, U.S. government NGOs, including the infamous NED, N-E-D, and the Open Society Institute. The question is, what did Sadar Popovic do after his first helpful service to Washington in the year 2000? Then they go into, after that, What happened? what did he do, right? After getting rid of Milosevic for, his, for the U.S., Puffet created a new organization called Canvas. He decided to globalize his business model that worked so well in Belgrade in 2000 to make himself an international go-to person for making U.S. State Department fake democracy regime change. <laughs> We're something in the States right now, eh? Canvas, or Center for Applied Nonviolent Action and Strategies, calls itself a non-profit, non-governmental educational institution based on the use of nonviolent conflict. According to Wikipedia, Canvas seeks to re-educate pro-democracy activists around the world in what it regards as the universal principles for success in nonviolent struggle. says they claim that at least 50 percent of their obviously substantial funding for this philip- <laughs> philanthropic work right there. philanthropist from comes from Popovic or is our ally called Slobodan Dinovic, co-chair of Canvas and listed as CEO of something called Orion Telecom in Belgrade, Standard & Poor's Bloomberg Business Research. research search reveals no information about Orion Telecom than the fact it is wholly owned by an Amsterdam-listed holding called Greenhouse Telecommunications Holdings, BV, where the information given is that the same Sloboven Dinovic is CEO in a holding described only as providing alternative communication services in the Balkans. And it uh, goes on and on. just leaving aside a convincing statement by Popovic's canvas that half their funds comes from Dynovic's selfless generosity from his fabulous success as Telecom CEO in Serbia. That leaves the, the other roughly 50% of Canvas funds unaccounted for as Popovic uh, declines to reveal its sources beyond claiming they're all private and non-government. Of course, the Washington NGO is legally private, uh, though its funds mainly come from the USAID. Of course, the Soros Open Society Foundations are private. Could these be some of the private patrons of his canvas? We don't know, As so he refuses to disclose any legally uh, auditable way. And um it goes on and on and on. And how they've been used, you know, they've been used in the Ukraine, in Georgia, Zimbabwe, Burma, actually the legal name since independence from the British is Myanmar, but Washington insists on the colonial, Ukraine, Georgia, Eritrea, Belarus, Azerbaijan, Tunisia, Egypt and Syria. Popovic's canvas was involved as well in unsuccessful attempts to start color revolution, regime change against Venezuela's Hugo Chavez and the opposition in the failed, failed 2009 Iran Green Revolution. Busy, aren't they? Very busy characters, you see And it goes on to the Goldman Sachs and Stratford This is important too for folk who Have heard the name of Stratford (laughs) Never mind Goldman Sachs (laughs) Even more interesting details recently Came to light on the intimate link between the U.S. intelligence consultancy at Stratford Known as the Shadow CIA For its corporate clients Which include Lockheed Martin uh, Northrop Grumman Uh, Raytheon, and U.S. government agencies, including the Department of Homeland Security and the Defense Intelligence Agency. As revealed in a huge release of internal memos from Stratford in 2012, some 5 million emails provided them by the hacker community Anonymous that Popovic, after creating Canvas, also cultivated very close relations with Stratford. According to Stratford International emails, Popovic worked for Stratford to spy on opposition groups. Revealed in the same Stratford emails by WikiLeaks was intriguing information that one of the Golden Geese funders of the mysterious canvas was a Wall Street bank na- named Goldman Sachs. <laughs> Sutter Munir, a Goldman Sachs partner, is cited by Stratford's then Eurasia analyst, Marco Papik Aspia Stratford colleague whether Munir was a golden goose money behind the canvas and he writes back they have several golden gooses, I believe he is for sure one of them good article though I and mean, uh, it goes into this in <laughs> pretty good detail they put their disclaimer at the end that they're not responsible for any, any inaccuracies that they don't know, know about and so on but um, it's a, it's a, to me it's a good starting point for a lot of people who don't understand how intelligence agencies actually work? Uh, they're so they're, they're so oh, they're involved in, in everything. Oh, you understand that? You've got to get out of this idea that the CIA, an for example, and MI6 in Britain that have worked together, you know, since World War Two and then uh, onwards, are there to protect their countries. Nothing is further from the truth. They have completely global agendas. And completely different uh, um, agendas for every facet of society, cultural, uh, everything to do with society, economic, you name it, your societies. Uh, Literally, I mean, if if they want you to walk backwards uh, for some strange reason, uh, they'll they'll make you do it. And you'll go along with it. It might take them 20 years to get the money together and to finance it and force it and train us all. But eventually they'll get you there. Look! Look at all the other things you've accepted without, you know. <laughs> think about it, folks. Mm-mm-mm. I'm telling you, but it's not a bad article to, to give you a starter in a lot of these things. They've been happening in your lifetimes, and folk get little bits and pieces of, and all ring, ring bells with them, and but they forget the main stories that happened during all of this. We've been living through overthrows our, our entire lives by this. Organizations like the CIA, and the CIA is a totally glo- it's a global project, folks. Another article here is. Um, To do with the Federal Reserve, the latest data shows that household wealth in in America dropped by $6.5 trillion from the end of 2019 to 2020. As the coronavirus pandemic started to take its toll, all of this loss came from a sharp drop in stock prices, no kidding, and happened before average Americans saw unemployment soar to levels not seen since the Great Depression. Taking other data on how average Americans have been doing since March 2020 suggests that the real pain to household wealth has only begun. And it goes on to to give you more financial information and so on. Uh, but believe you me, I mean, uh, <laughs> oh, what's coming down the pike has been managed for, for their complete austerity sustainability program. That's a fact, folks. They can take that to the bank, and it's planned this way. There's no doubt in my mind that the whole Fauci, CDC, WHO organization, this whole this whole COVID thing, uh, is a big. It's really the big pusher of the whole world agenda right now, along with uh, the supposed uh, spontaneous, <laughs> I'm sure, uh, Black Lives Matter antifa action that's going on right now. Uh, It's all working together. as planned before all this. And just wait for the spike to, to make it happen. That's how they work it. And bingo. There you go. And cultural revolution now, or a new Lenin statue is erected as Washington and Jefferson and Moore fall, it says here. So a statue of Bolshevik communist despot Vladimir Lenin, has been re has been erected in Germany as statues of the Washington Jefferson and other historic figures are torn down in the US, the UK and wider West. Uh, Lenin, who was born of Vladimir Ulyanov, was the inaugural leader of what later became the Union of Soviet Socialist Republic or Soviet Union after his Bolshevik faction failed to win a democ- democratic majority and the all Russian Constituent Assembly became out on top in the brutal civil war with which they plunged the Russian Empire into in 1917. Despite posing as a champion of national and ethnic minorities and the right to self-determination, in the early period of his revolution, factions which attempted to govern themselves autonomously in Ukraine were ruthlessly crushed, and he later invaded neighboring countries such as Azerbaijan, Georgia and Poland. Nevertheless, the long-dead foreign dictator is being honoured in Germany, city of, the, of, the, of Gelsenkirchen, with a statue in a 1950s relic of the former Soviet vassal state of Czechoslovakia. Even the statues of historic Westerners are being torn down across the world amid the, new, the now global Black Lives Matter unrest. It says here, too, uh, that the time for monuments to racists, anti-Semis, Fascists, anti-communists and other relics of the past has clearly passed, declared Marxist-Leninist Party of Germany MLPD chairwoman Gabby Fechner in a triumphant statement. Lenin was an ahead-of-his-time thinker of world historical importance and early fighter for freedom and democracy, she claimed. (laughs) So the new monument stands beside a large MLPD billboard which alongside a stylized image of Len's face declares Give anti-communists no chance hmm. I wonder who's paying her hmm. But uh, yeah, it's just astonishing We're living through this kind of stuff uh, And so they, they, I've said it before Whatever works for the elite, the time They'll, 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 they'll use the system If it's fascist, they'll be fascist If it's Nazi, they'll use it Nazi and if it's communist, they'll use communists And call it socialist if, they, if it sounds better or softer But near. and but whatever is very fast to get past the agenda through They'll use them because they're totalitarian They don't care about uh, democracy It's too, too slow, isn't it? Having to ask folk what do they think about this Before they make laws mm. Come on, come on It's more efficient when you have a totalitarian government, eh? A new bill, believe it or not, aims to help Scotland to keep pace with European Union laws after Brexit, says here. Constitution Secretary Mike Russell said in a new bill at Holyrood, it will mean that on devolved matters, Scottish law can keep in line with those in Europe when appropriate and practical to do so. So it says that the UK withdrawal from the European Union... Continuity Scotland bill will provide for continuity of provisions that would otherwise be lost with Brexit. Scotland, Literally is a a vassal now of the EU, just like Ireland is too. Mm. So they got got their. (laughs) Let's fight for our freedom to end up with a bigger vassal, get a bigger master than the one that already run you. (laughs) What a joke! But uh, what can you say? Train spotting, indeed. Also in Scotland, with the Black Lives Matter and all the rest of it. And they had (laughs) massive demonstrations. Uh, A little old Scotland, eh? a tiny population, the whole thing. And it says, uh, here's one here. One American among three killed in UK, terrorist stabbing. And it says the 25-year-old man was arrested after police believe he acted alone, stabbing victims in a public park on Saturday. This is so common now in Britain. And 7pm um, local time Saturday At, at Forbury Gardens in Reading, England Leaving three dead and three others injured According to the Thames Valley Police The arrest of a 25-year-old man Suspected of murder As the case was soon declared a terrorist attack Before that too A little girl was <laughs> was killed In a park in London as well uh, She was about 8 years old or something like that She was very young anyway very similar, to by a, a, um, a possible terrorist as well. Another no. article, to Glasgow. says uh, Shafiq Mohammed, who runs... A, here you go, Asylum Seekers Housing Project, right, for refugees in the city of Glasgow. And those residents um, placed in the park in... They're using hotels to house them. And said the company had created a toxic environment where people are clearly going to be affected... Squeezing hundreds of people, mostly young men, young men you see they're bringing in, mainly with mental health issues. Many with mental health issues. Why are so many of them going to have mental health issues? And also, there's others, I guess, meaning from their war torn areas, who have post traumatic stress disorder. They're bringing them in hotels and cooping them up with nothing to do for three months was a recipe for disaster, he argued. Is that really the problem? It's big business for for some organisation, big business, big money, you know. There's folk getting rich on this kind of thing. In Ireland too, you know that as well. One charity worker in Glasgow who didn't want to speak on the record told the independent they'd heard from residents in the park inn that the suspect and knife attack had already been the subject of complaints over his aggressive and erratic behaviour. But despite evidence of mental health problems, little action was taken. According to the BBC, the suspect had told another resident An hotel he planned to hurt people the day before he launched his sudden stabbing spree I want to attack them, they're against me, they hate An eyewitness reported, the man saying Some of the residents came from countries in conflict with each other Mr. Mohammed said, while others were offered food Which was culturally inappropriate, he'd been told I tell you, it's something else, say. Eh? Uh-uh, uh-uh. Anyway, six folk got stabbed. I don't know if anyone died yet. cop was also stabbed in there too. And eventually they send the police and, uh, and they went in and shot the guy. I guess there was just no other way around it. So, yeah. Of course, they won't classify it probably as... That's the that's end the thing. They, they, they never classify them as terrorists. They always mention that they're just mentally disturbed. That's the, they're all told to say the same thing across the world now. Right? This is interesting, too. It says, Mears handling of the lockdown had earlier come under scrutiny after an asylum seeker died in a Glasgow hotel in May. Mr. Mohammed said it seemed to him the firm was driven primarily by turning a profit out of housing vulnerable people. Big money, though, you know. That'd be another NGO group, you know. We're here to help them and make so many millions uh, per month of dollars or pounds, Again, as, as what you're seeing, as I've mentioned before, with Rockefeller and his ilk of the CIA and the CFR, etc. You can't make omelettes without breaking eggs. And these folk who get stabbed and killed and all that are just, just like collateral damage. Like the rest of across the world, same thing. You can't make an omelette without breaking eggs. There you go. That's the eggshells. There you go. All the fallout of these constant wars across the Middle East and elsewhere, eh? <laughs> aye, aye, aye. And it's the same characters that are changing the world inside your countries. You see, they, they give you the wars. Here's an article here, Iran, the next domino question uh, mark. Revolutions are often seen as spontaneous. It looks like people just went into the street, but it's a result of months or years of Preparation. It is very boring until you reach a certain point where you can organize mass demonstrations or strikes. It is carefully planned, but the time they start, everything is over in a matter of weeks. And that's that said by Ivan Marovic, ex-instructor, Center for Applied Nonviolent Action and Strate- Strategies, Serbia. Right, That's the canvas again, same group I mentioned earlier. With the staging of a second attempt at a green revolution in Iran in the wake of the overthrow of the the regimes in Tunisia and Egypt by groups primarily sponsored by the National Endowment for Democracy, International Republican Institute, Open Society Institute, Freedom House, USAID, and a myriad of their forefronts, the question might arise as to whether the turmoil inflicted on Egypt and Tunisia was intended as a prelude to the major target, Iran. Iraq, Iran, and Syria were targeted years ago as priorities for regime change. Again, that was the group that that uh, was put up by the PNACs in the 1990s. This is and that a well-known letter addressed to President George W. Bush by the Project for a New American Century should be recounted. Pina outlined a plan of action that was put into effect, starting with the elimination of Saddam Hussein, Iran, and Syria were next marked for elimination under pretext of the war on terrorism. I've done all this stuff before. I don't know who wrote this one here, but... And it said that we believe the administration should demand that Iran and Syria immediately cease all military, financial, and political support for Hezbollah and its operations. Should Iran and Syria refuse to comply, the administration should consider appropriate measures of retaliation against those known state sponsors of terrorism. And it's among the numerous political and foreign policy luminaries who were signatories to the PNAC letter was Frank Gaffney. Who is stated below is on the advisory board of the Foundation for Democracy in Iran. America's post Cold War doctrine for world hegemony was outlined in a comprehensive PNAC document called Rebuilding America's Defenses. Post Cold War Warriors outlined their plan for a new Cold War or clash of civilizations that involves not only Islam but all regimes, cultures, religions, traditions, and ideologies. That do not fit into a new American century is starting to make sense. Eh? Say that little bit again. It's said so quickly and simply and easily. The post-cold war warriors. He's talking, so he's the post-cold warriors. outlined their plan for a new cold war or clash of civilizations. It involves not only Islam but all regimes, cultures. All, we part of all, don't you understand? All regimes, cultures, religions, traditions, and ideologies that do not fit into a new American century. So it'll be a different America, but it's for the whole world, eh? including America. Having led the West to victory in the Cold War, America faces an, faces an opportunity and a challenge does the United States have the vision to build upon the achievement of past decades? Does the United States have the resolve to shape a new century favorable to American principles and interests? And on and on it goes, eh? It repeats a lot of the stuff I mentioned before from the global research article, too, about the different organizations that that work and, and do regime change and whose funds are NED, NED, Soros, IRI, etc. And um, over, They did the same thing in Egypt, too, when they elected their president, remember? And the West wasn't happy. They kept saying, well, it's, it's, it's not um, secular enough. So they wanted to be an atheistic guy, because then you can buy them off. It's much easier to buy them off when they're atheistic, you see. and says, Sources Open Society Institute funds the, the Arabic Network for Human Rights, is called. And all the other organizations, they help overthrow these countries. <laughs> Uh, wonderful signing. For human rights, you understand, you know. Mm. And it goes into to U- U.S. Embassy supports and approves of the funding of six proposals submitted by Iranian contracts in the UK that involves those taking part in workshops at Durham University. Mm-mm. It just shows you how... You can't keep up with this kind of stuff, folks. You, you really can't. That's why even intelligence agencies, the the different foreign sections, you see different countries, and each country is, good, is, is subdivided into all special areas and parts and so on, because one person really has to deal with it, this one area of each particular part of it uh, and couldn't even cope with it all. It, it, there's, there's so much manipulation going on. It's just a start. And money getting funneled all over the place and... Uh, That's quite, quite amazing. That's how the world really works. Yep. I'll put this link up as well for those that want to to see that one. Now I'm going to touch on an article by Peter Hitchens that was out on the 14th of June. And uh, it's pertinent, very pertinent as to what's happening now. He mentions, as the left now controls every lever of power, we face nothing less than regime change. That's why these strange crowds have begun to gather around ancient and forgotten monuments, demanding their removal and destruction. They do not know what they want or understand what they are destroying, but that no longer matters. They think their moment has come, and they may well be right. This is why the memorial to Winston Churchill and the cenotaph itself were shamefully boarded up Thursday night as an act of appeasement, if ever there truly was one. That's why the police chiefs kneel like conquered slaves to the new gods of woke, and the leaders of the Labour Party do likewise. I've seen it happen before, but only when things were moving in the opposite direction. And Peter Hitchens saw uh, the toppling and the fall, or the, the disillusion of the the Soviet system. Since then, as the Soviet Empire fell and an evil thing was swept from the world, it was a matter for rejoicing. Well, here they are. I interject here, but here they are. We're trying to reestablish the same thing, because it's going to suit the same elite that runs us now. Uh, because it would be a faster way to get things done, eh? totalitarian. And back to the article, the bloody mass murderer, Vladimir Lenin, the one they're putting the uh, the new uh, statues up for, right? and his equally gory secret police enforcer, Felix Dierzynski. And Dierzynski and was something else. <laughs> uh he said that, uh, he, he, he gave a very, uh, uh, I can't go into too much depth for different reasons, but Draczynski um, despised the common people, absolutely desp- hated them. These characters who, who ran this equal system, equality and brotherhood and all that, of Sovietization, communism, hated the average people. And Draczynski, he says, people, he says, you know, he says, what, he says you can beat them, you can starve them, you can... You can Do all kinds of terrible things to them. He says, Do they turn around and fight you? You know? He says, No, they'll just turn around and eat each other, you know? They won't fight back. He's getting the fact that they won't fight back, you see. That that that, That attitude was put into the movie called Fight Club, actually would they show you in a kind of comic way that how they'd, they'd, they'd soak passers-by's with water sprays and hoses and and they get them riled up to try to retaliate and most folk won't do it. They won't argue and they might shout a bit, but they don't physically back it up, you see. But Drasinski, that's what you said, you know, he says, yeah, you can, you can starve them to death, you can beat them and, and will, they, will, they, will they fight back? No, they'll, they'll just eat their dead, you know. These are the great leaders. Anyway, so uh, he was a secret police enforcer and, and were pulled from their pedestals by people sick secret being ruled by their heirs. That's what happened before. They pulled them off their statue, off their boards, off their foundations. The boarding up of Winston Churchill's statue, Parliament Square, was an act of appeasement if ever there truly was one. And. The monument to the wartime Prime Minister now stands heavily bordered to deter possible attacks of vandalism from poor protesters in the coming weeks. This time as ignorant armies seek the final abolition of Britain, it is very frightening. I would not like to say where it will end. I cannot claim to have known this would happen, but I will say, and this is important because I think a lot of us had this, I will say that I had an instinctive fear of very bad things to come. When the country began its mad, wild shutdown in March It all goes together As I've learned from over many years To trust my instincts to take that train To make that phone call, to turn that corner When I have hated them I have either benefited or been saved from bad things When I've ignored them I have been hurt It may be inherited from our forebearers Or learned by decades of experience It may be a mixture of the two but on crucial occasions we know more than we think we do And as cities began to darken and empty And the world, as we knew it started to close I feared we should never again see the lights lit again As they had been before It was like the start of a great war without limit it made me made more... Perplexing because there was no obvious end to it ever And that's what we you were told Oil oh, is never going to go away It's going to keep coming back, keep coming back We can't go back into, to life as it was before Yad As Fauci, you know says, This was not just about a disease And a wholly overdone response to it It was like the death of Princess Diana And the fall of the Twin Towers Gathered together into a single great mass Of unreason and panic and it says the Diana episode had been a dictatorship of grief And it's true it was a big managed event In which even the most revered parts of the establishment had bowed to the mob Such as show as you care shouted the headlines And woe betide those who did not Then came September 11th 2001 And a dictatorship of security No argument could withstand the claim that safety was paramount And we willingly made a bonfire of our freedoms, wrongly persuaded that we could trust our governments not to take advantage. And now we have the dictatorship of fear. It's not the largely fictional uh, number which governs the behaviour of our feeble government, which is only just beginning to grasp how much damage is done, how hard it will be to repair. It's a terrible number, the number of people scared into pathetic timidity. By the slick but false claim we were all at risk from a terrible and devastating disease number of the dead are grossly inflated by an incredibly lax recording system Which does not distinguish between those who died of COVID-19 and those who died of other things But may have been infected by it Many who have died of COVID-19 are almost certainly victims of the government's failure to protect those who are in fact most vulnerable the residents of care homes. The Cenotaph too was boarded as signs now point to Britain facing mass regime change. The sad but unavoidable fact is that the disease is little danger to most young and healthy people, but especially deadly to the old and ill, and is also now beyond dispute. This this is a fact. Begin facts don't matter. The initial claims of Imperial College London that half a million might die if a strict shutdown measures was, wasn't taken have been devastatingly dismantled by other experts who believe its methods and codes are, to put it mildly, hopelessly wrong. Yet Imperial Chief Spokesman Professor Neil Ferguson, caught ignoring his own advice by girlfriend, has a double nerve to claim the rules he flouted should have been introduced even earlier. (laughs) There's just psychopaths talking. By contrast, Sunetra Gupta, Professor of Theoretical Epidemiology at the University of Oxford, says that the shutdown should be lifted immediately. Thanks to the barefaced dishonesty and unlawful bias of the BBC, and also the pitifully bad coverage of several newspapers, millions are unaware the whole basis of government policy is now completely exploited by scientific experts. getting back to that article by Bertrand Russell, how you would be unable to do anything without the advice of an expert. Even the truth about Sweden, which did not shut down, is obscured by incessant hostile reporting. Sweden followed Britain in one thing, failing to protect the care homes, the old folks' homes, and so has had a higher death toll than it should have done. But even so, its experience, along with Japan, shows clearly there's no link between shutdown and the number of deaths suffered. So you can stay open, you see. It's useless assumptions of government and BBC that the shutdown. Uh, be protected, or protected the NHS is simply not borne out by the facts. The NHS is never going to be overwhelmed. Covid deaths in the country peaked April the 8th, an event far too soon to have been caused by the shutdown announced on March 23rd and begun the following day. And isn't, isn't that the truth? In fact, the country with the highest number of deaths per head is Belgium, 843 people per million. Yet Belgium introduced one of the tightest and most severe shutdowns on the planet. Sweden, without a shutdown at all, has suffered 472 deaths per million. So it goes on and on and on. But, uh, yeah, you're, you're seeing a revolution. And this is part of the... Including, that it's a revolution, and Fauci's part of it too, folks. And the WHO, World Health Organization, it's all part of the same revolution. Sustainability, too many folk, blah, blah can't go on again, can't open up again without permission and have to look into your books to you see if you pollute at all, you see, because if you pollute in any way at all in your business then it's unsustainable and you can't open up again, that's the Club of Rome and the World Economic Forum, etc, etc right? but anyway, he goes on and on and on, and he talks about Minneapolis and he says, which is true, isn't it I mean, you see this across the whole planet and he doesn't believe either that a spark in America caused it, basically. As it happens, it was the death of in Minneapolis, the city most British people will never ever see, or even see, of George Floyd. Seeing the surging crowds, the rioting and the looting in the USA, the British radical left grew jealous. They imported the protest, converted it into outrage against some smoldering statues, and set the streets alight last week. I attended one of these demonstrations against the statue of Cecil Rhodes in Oxford. I have lived in Oxford for more than fifty years and went out of I went out of interest, not because I care especially about this mediocre sculpture of a questionable man. The event was utterly incoherent, moving from vague rage against the long dead Rhodes to concerns about the oppression of West Papua, West Papua New Guinea to shouts against colonialism. As far as I know, China is the only major colonial power left. Peking is certainly raping Africa on a scale Cecil Rhodes never dreamed of. But such people can't quite bring themselves to attack that particular regime. Sometimes I think the radical left are more nostalgic for the British Empire than any retired Indian army colonel ever was. He's making a little dig there, of course, the fact that um, they never complain about Peking uh, expanding all over the planet (laughs) China. He says, so, so, so the, the rioters need to hate it, the British Emperor. Its utter deadness is a nuisance to them. I became briefly famous because when the crowd was invited to sit down for 8 minutes and 40 seconds with fists clenched to commemorate Mr. Floyd, I did not join in. One of the protesters accused me of refusing to, to take the knee. It's true, I would have refused to do so if asked. But in fact, they were taking the buttock, a slightly different thing. This is the important thing about these protesters lauded by the Labour Party and deferred to by police chiefs as they, they helped to strengthen the new establishment and destroy the old one. They've already helped to make it very hard for traditional, normal, Christian, conservative and patriotic opinions to be expressed at all. By using social media as a platform of discipline that made everyone, including the left-wing multi-millionaire author J.K. Rowling, fear them. Anyone, as she learned last week, can now be cancelled. This new radical chilling word for the obliteration they like to visit on their victims. You're cancelled. What does that tell you? You're cancelled, eh? It's like you're terminated. What does that mean? eh? What does that mean? eh? (laughs) She's been pursued for saying the wrong thing about the transgender issue. In fact, there's no right thing I have known for years. There is no right thing, yeah. I've known for years that it was futile to try to respond with fairness and reason to the new orthodoxy. So he said, even if he had argued back, so I would still be denounced for thought crime. You cannot be right, nor can you know if you're right. That's a large part of the trick. No actual debate can take place in these conditions where there's no debate. There's no freedom. I've also pointed out for years without effect that the police were long ago infiltrated with radical left-wing thought. They're also indoctrinated through their schooling before they get to be a policeman or a woman. And they're indoctrinated through their training as well into Corsair. So he goes on about uh, Cressida Dick. He warned that in 2004, noticing her early experiments in negotiating with demonstrators rather than reclaiming the streets from them and predicting that she'd be the first female Metropolitan Police Commissioner, which eventually she was, pointed out that Labour smoothie Mendelssohn and Blairite, and Tony Blair's Eurocommunists, and they were, by the way, Tony Blair, the guy who brought Britain into the damn wars across the Middle East too. It's always left-wing, it does it, eh? <laughs> it says we're far more dangerous than Jeremy Corbyn's crude and obvious Marxism. So there you go, and he goes on and on, on about other things. Th- it's quite a good article, actually. And, and it spells it out, you know, and it's rather sad, because you just don't see, and I, I agree with him, there's no, I can't see optimism in this thing at all myself because it's, uh, it's so well what you're up against is massive intelligence I mean some intelligence agencies have uh, multiple thousands of employees and, and multiple thousands of specialists in all areas of societies how can you combat that and when the elite want what they, what they want they get what they want they'll use any system or ism that they want that'll suit them at the time if it's more efficient at the time then destroy it also an article, Black Lives Matter leader threatens to burn the country down. That was on, I think, Fox News. Someone said maybe a clip of it. But I've got a, a transcript of it. And, um, and that's what he said. That was Newsom. I think it was. See, if this country doesn't give us what we want, we will burn down the system and replace it. All right. And I could be speaking figuratively. I could be speaking literally. It's a matter of interpretation, Newsom said. I want to argue that historically violence is the way his community has been able to get results. I tell you, it's quite amazing. A lot of cops have been killed too, by the way, <laughs> and that uh, they're rapidly taken down. There are little clips of, of it happening. There's also a, a guy trying to get through the crowd with his vehicle. He's a, a, a disabled uh, vet as well in the states and. Uh, a guy who was one of these protesting or riot I know she was protesting or rioting, it was a white guy. Uh, as, a, as the van went past, he shot through the back window and shot the guy in the head. Yeah. It's getting, it's, it's absolutely insane. And and there's a lot of it rather insane folk on the fringes that are used, by the way, are the ones who go all the way with it. They really think that, that it's their world now and <laughs> they have no idea that after these things are over, even if those who've used them uh, get what they want, which is a much higher authority than the ones you'll see, uh, they, they then eliminate the ones who are on the fringes. They've served their purpose because now they're dangerous if they don't get what they want, you see. They're utopia. There's another deadly shooting near George Floyd. protest. Protesters looting and arsoning groups in uh, Minneapolis. One, another article here. And I uh, mentioned before about Glasgow. The stabbings and activists warned of toxic environment inside the hotels used to house asylum seekers, etc., etc. Six folk, this one person <laughs> stabbed, and I don't know if, if any of them are dead yet. Another thing, too, uh, the folk have had enough everywhere of the lockdown, you know that, too. And that's why, there's, um, isn't it amazing how it all went silent about COVID when all the, the protests and the rioting, too, just was happening? It all went silent because it just stopped. It was a very politicized virus, you know, and, and, and I guess it was just told to stop for a while, you know. And now, and then out comes Fauci again as, as soon as, oh my God, it's spiking like, no, they're doing more and more tests like crazy. And the more tests you do, the more you're going to find out the folk that have had it. That's called herd immunity. Viruses sweep through all of society. There's no way you avoid it. So folk are, are, are getting out to this, the coast in England. Major instinct declared as people flock to England's south coast and on the beaches and so on and some of them have had enough. and Of course, the health minister in Britain is Matt Hancock, the guy who let it slip that 10,000 folk die a month in Britain normally, <laughs> at any time of the year. And then you tally up the numbers then, you say, my God, there you go. So anyway, Matt Hancock, this time the health secretary, said on talk radio that he would the power to close beaches if the people did not respect social distancing rules, he says even though it's all a farce, the whole thing. So it was based on nothing, the social distancing. It says, so, I said, that that, that girl who's daddy was trying to make her famous so she can get into Harvard or somewhere, by uh, <coughs> helping her with uh, the, the computer program, that's decided that, oh yeah, six feet's the best way distance to be, based on nothing else except the computer. Um, this article is so true, it's so true as well, and... Uh, Lots of articles have bits and pieces of truth, some can't go far enough, some don't know to go far enough, and that's the way it is. And There's so many agencies involved in the riots and the fomenting of world revolution to suit the elite. the reset the it to the WEF, anyway, everywhere statues are torn down by the mob history promises people are next. The promise of bloodshed coming alongside or falling shortly after is an historic certainty. The symbols of a people never satisfy people themselves must always come next. And it says for millennia, king mob, the mob itself, right? has targeted society's icons with varied goals and to varied ends, and a few things are more foreboding than his desecration of civic art. Just as the targets have ranged from rulers to clergy, from tyrants to helpless, and from the guilty to the innocent, the outcomes have ranged from victory to defeat, depending on society's strength and will. The promise of bloodshed coming alongside or following shortly after, however, is an historic certainty. The symbols of a people never satisfy. People themselves must always come next. In 1790s, mobs looted and pillaged Paris's treasured Notre Dame. To the revolutionaries, the cathedral symbolized everything that was wrong with France's history and society. History of kings, tradition and religion, a society beset by royal injustice and systemic inequality. Over the next three years, the twelve centuries, churches, riches, and artifacts were stripped, stolen, destroyed, the remnants hidden by the faithful and sold off by the faithless. Statues of the Virgin Mary were removed, and statues of the Goddess of Liberty took their place on desecrated altars. At nearby St. Chapelle, the revolution uh, pulled the apostles from the pedestals where they had stood watch over Christ's crown of thorns. The twelve statues were vandalized and buried half so badly; they're still undergoing attempts at restoration. As a destruction of religious art, unfurled priests who did not swear allegiance to the new order, and those who aided them were sentenced to death. That happened to in the Soviet Union, folks, and during the even during the, the Spanish. Uh, war, civil civil war. They did the same thing then there as well, nuns as well. It's always the same agenda. eh? Back at the cathedral, the revolutionary government mistook the 28 statues of the kings of ancient Judah for French kings, rich old men and all, dragging them into the public square for decapitation. Their buried heads were not rediscovered for nearly 200 years. The place... and the place de Louis uh, the fifteenth, the large statue of the square's namesake, was torn down, the plaza renamed Place de Revolution. Guillotine was raised and uh, liberated space would see the execution of more than twelve hundred prisoners from King Louis XVI and his wife to the execution's ringleader himself, Maximilien Robespierre. Seventeen hundred years before Pliny the Younger described the Emperor Domitian's golden statues rudely battered down, and made a sacrifice to public joy amid his toppling and assassination. It was a sport and pastime to humble those statues, exalted heads to make them prostrate and kiss the ground, to maul them with hammers, to hew them with hatches, as if every stroke blood and pain had been to follow. None was so moderate in the venting of his rapture, none so sober in his overflowing joys, but that he thought it a lustrous piece of revenge to see their mangled limbs, their dissevered joints, and finally their grim and ghastly images, divested of all their borrowed majesty and thrown into the flames to be melted down into better use and service. Then think it's on to the US, starting with 2017, with a statue of an unnamed Confederate soldier. And it escalate into Confederate officers And General Robert E. Lee Etc, etc And yeah They've even had hangings of statues Again in the States as well Same old stuff, eh? And then uh, Destroying statues Depicting crisis Light-skinned So you can't have that either Or a form of white supremacy Uh, Tear them down Race-baiting activist Sean King wrote Monday Afternoon, And gives the link for it too Exon, not goes on Policemen and reporters have been attacked While mayors and journalists have defended The riots as mostly peaceful <laughs> When an historic church Across from the White House was set ablaze His leader welcomed the mob And decried the president She was joined in her outreach by Washington's Catholic Archbishop And the mayor named the street After the mob And so the mayor's street is now called Autonomous Zone. And again, they're they're given the chance now that it's really to do with what's coming next. It says here that, um, apart from that the mobs uh, victimizing and terrorizing small business owners and, and attacking an awful lot of them, you actually see little clips of them. Does anybody here know what happened to the people who did not get on board with the French Revolution? A member of the mob shouted into a megaphone a week prior. Chopped, the mob chanted as violent response. My head's chopped, eh? These are the times that make you want to walk away from society. It's just too well managed and too well understood how to get lots of useful, useful idiots, to call them. We're all useful idiots who would join any kind of mob, even if you think you're standing up for the right thing at the time. Those who have cunning at the top, the true psychopaths of wealth, power, and cunning, they, they really, they really could, they could run rings around you for schemes that you'd, you'd never even catch on to their schemes before it's so late. It's instantaneous with them. They're born schemers. That's how they do it. And their article 7 shot in four separate incidents overnight in Peoria. Uh, it just goes on and on and on. Eh? First one was a 20-year-old woman who was shot in the leg etc. People shooting at cars and then running off. It's just a bit of mayhem. And you see more and more mayhem. A lot of a lot of shootings in New York City itself now that the, the cops aren't responding to all the calls anymore because they know if they maybe do their job uh, and they'll cause them because of another riot. So why bother when your own government is not going to back you up? and your own uh, officials in your states won't back you up so no one's going to be foolish enough to to risk themselves doing their job and then come getting a mob coming down and lynch them <laughs> so you'll have you have lawlessness for a while and it will escalate too to show you too how how literally racist everything is say i don't look for logic in anything It's supposed to, the mob will be fed and fed and fed by their leaders as long as they're useful. But don't use, you don't even need logic in it. It's a Newsweek magazine, right? Oregon County exempts non white people from mandatory face mask order. So is Lincoln County. So if, if you're not white, you don't have to wear a mask. Hmm? Because wearing a mask uh, is it, to counter racial profiling, they say. So last week, health officials declared face coverings would be required in public settings where individuals may come within a kind of silly six feet that that little schoolgirl came up with in a computer, six feet of someone outside their household after the county saw a spike in coronavirus cases. On Tuesday, the county said people are of color who have heightened concerns about racial profiling and harassment due to wearing face coverings in public will be exempt from the order. I think the only other exemption was children under 12 years of age or in those with medical conditions. Everything's politicized. Even the virus itself politicized, eh? <laughs> quite, quite amazing, isn't it? Uh, and also... Um, Two dead, 12 injured in shooting at North Carolina block party. Uh, I don't know if any cops even turned up. I don't know. is isn't safe to turn up to, to do your job. It depends who's doing the shooting. If you do injure someone who's who's elevated at the moment, well, you, you, is liable you'll be crucified yourself for doing, by your own government? Eh? So why would you risk it? Now, as all this is going on, and I've always mentioned this before in the past, when major things were happening, like 9-11 and various other things that would happen. Even the, the big flooding went on in New Orleans some years back, too. Yeah, I always say, you know, when you see the agendas of the elite, the published agendas, like their 2030 program and so on, and that wasn't on the go just as far as... as it was actually on the go but under just the agenda 21, but... The different parts of the future all planned out, staked out. Uh, you, when the when the governments themselves were making new uh, plans, be way beyond the catastrophes or financial meltdowns, it tells you that nothing stops the plans. Nothing stops the planning or the plans, regardless of what you think. Your world might be in upheaval if you lost all your money during the last bank, uh, I hate to call it crash, because it was a, a planned thing in the first place. But for those at the top, nothing stopped. There was there was no halt. There was no slowdown in the churning out of the agendas for the future. And that's what we've got today as well, isn't it? You've got the appearance on TV, I guess. I get little clips sent because I don't watch TV. And I can't watch many of the clips because my speed is so... I get really punished for <laughs> what I do. My, my speed goes way down. And the thing is, you... you um. You're living through it something where, where, where you would think that they'd put certain things on hold. There's a slowdown here and slow as 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 the impression of cities burning. That's what they put out there, uh, is on television, I suppose, and on the news all the time. And uh, and again, the financial chaos and and trillions been dished out, supposedly borrowed money, but it's borrowed from nothing but you have to pay it back with real goods and, and real physical, tangible, some things. Uh, that's how this corrupt system works. But nothing slows down, eh? Yeah, Non-traveller digital identity, advancing secure and seamless travel. I mentioned this last week. Remember I mentioned it too, that Wendy Mesler had uh, a show on the 90s, 1990s in Canada, and she uh, did, a, did one of them on the... the, the, the preferred pass or something, it was like you're you authorized as a pass, you get fast pass through airports and so on. If you go through the whole digital and biometric programming uh, system on, a, on a, a new biometric passport, basically, uh, and you'd be a preferred type customer, you see, you always get that little snob appeal, if you're goody-goody, uh, to get folk into it. And she went through the techniques, they used iris scans, thumbprints, all the rest of the stuff. But here you are, and it's the same thing, a known traveller, that's usually how far ahead they plan things, right, from the 90s, here's 20 odd years later. A known traveller, digital identity, advancing secure and seamless travel. And it's from the World Economic Forum, naturally, right, this other unelected massive monstrosity. And it says, shaping the future of mobility platform. And it's going to develop a pilot-decentralized digital identity platform which leverages 4th Industrial Revolution technologies, I love that, 4th Industrial to, to help to help government you understand that sort of 5G and everything, massive interrelated technology, to help government and industry leaders facilitate seamless and more secure international travel. It's going to be not just international, folks. <laughs> Together with a community of travel security experts, all of that word experts, the new priests uh, and white coats and so on, policymakers, businesses and international organizations, the project will achieve this by piloting the KTDI concept in a cross-border context. In collaboration with a consortium comprised of the Government of Canada and the Kingdom of the Netherlands, uh, Accenture airlines airports and technology providers the former is currently piloting components of the ktdi concept in a real life cross-border context so it'll advance safer travel in the face of covid 19 impacts there you go look to the computer and, and technology for all electors for anything to do with diseases now you know, they'll, they'll tell you how many are going to die millions millions says ferguson and, and things and again uh, how how far apart to be from someone which is six feet according to the computer that that, that girl used their daddy from the military industrial complex uh, helped her with their god predicts that the computer. It's it's so scientific, you don't even try to understand it, you lowly little human you, you see. Uh, so advancing safer travel in the face of COVID nineteen Ah uh, There you go. So it's got biometrics again, blockchain and digital identity. It's now more crucial than ever. The forum will facilitate multi-stakeholder dialogue uh, to gather insights and develop actionable strategies to promote more secure travel through improved border and health screening, touchless passenger processes, and more effective use of data. Heavens, data, data, eh? But yeah, you have a passport right for even to go outside your own community for any length of time. This is an interesting article because it, and it's great for conspiracy theory. Uh, everything that's happening is great for conspiracy theory, right? Here in the middle of supposedly a massive killer pandemic, um, you get the same people in charge of some of the US states suddenly stopping the covert thing, joining protesters in the streets, shoulder to shoulder, and then going back to trying to lock you down again. It's astonishing, eh? uh, But you see that happening. Then you see this complete lack of the backing of authorities in the U.S. to back up police or National Guard, or anybody, actually, that, that would try and get uh, law and order restored. There's, there's definitely no backing whatsoever that I can find anywhere. I, little little comments from Trump is not law, it's not executive orders, it's little comments. and uh, and, and what you get too is the, some of the generals, I mentioned it last week's talk, some of the generals are definitely on the payrolls of big corporations from the military industrial boys. They're, they're really lobbyists for them. So, I'm not surprised with some of them uh, saying they wouldn't back Trump, basically, with his policies on how to deal with this, this uh, well, chaos, isn't it? But and uh, folk in the states are left to try and defend themselves. That's what it comes down to. Don't look to government to help you when, when government backs off of its responsibilities or of its oaths of, of office. Uh, that's what happens, but in Canada, apparently, that a lot of Canadians have been disarmed, at least by, I don't know if it's all firearms or what it is, actually. But it was to do with that shooting, I mentioned before, just briefly, in Nova Scotia of a man who, I think they said he was a dental hygienist, the guys who make the dentures, I suppose. Um, but he had two police cars, or they'd bought an auction. Used police cars, and he was dressed like one when he went out on a shooting spree. It made no sense to anybody how it was put across, but that the government jumped on it right away and tried to and, and pushed forward laws to just ban the stacks of firearms uh, across Canada. At this time, with COVID and riots and folk threatening certain other members of society at the moment, um, the disarming people. So think about that. I mean this this is is this all coincidence? Is it at the same time as this happening? But here's the th- it was interesting, it struck me all at the time with the guy with the, the ex police cars and stuff. families of twenty two victims killed in Nova Scotia shooting demand swift federal inquiry amid speculation that gunman was an undercover agent for the RCMP or had ties to organized crime. Well often you'll have both. <laughs> Folks, it could be CSIS as well. Oh, it could even be CIA, because we have CIA members operating inside Canada as well. So Gabriel Wartman is a man who apparently murdered 22 people during a rampage in Nova Scotia in April. More than two months later, the victim's family still seeking answers to why he carried out the attack and why it took so long for the RCMP to stop him. The Nova Scotia Attorney General Mark Fury repeatedly promised that federal and provincial inquiry will be announced soon. A potential break in the case came last week when, here's, this is important here, when video allegedly showed Wartman, this is the guy who did the shootings, withdrawing, listen, now listen, you have to listen very carefully, $475,000 from a Brinks office days before the shooting. The Brinks as far as I know, they don't have banks. They have security and stuff. Have safety things for for big, wealthy, wealthy organizations or corporations and so on, right? So he withdrew four hundred seventy five thousand dollars from Brink's office days before the shooting. Then they have video of him in there, where they have the boxes, you know, they have the boxes and the money in it and so on. And as his police sources say, the withdrawal matched the method that the Royal Canadian Mounted Police use to send money to confidential informants and agents. The RCMP has repeatedly insisted that it has no special relationship with Wartman, was killed by police following the attack. Others speculate that the money could have come from Wartman's alleged ties to organised crime. Authorities are said to be investigating his relationship with people linked to a Mexican cartel called La Familia, and to the Hells Angels motorcycle gang. And this is from the Daily Mail, by the way, you know. And it said here that he launched a deadly rampage across several small towns in Nova Scotia on the night of April 18th, lighting fires, (laughs) and shooting people at whim with four unlicensed semi-automatic weapons as he drove around in a replica police cruiser. I think he bought them. At, at auction, I think I read that somewhere else, maybe true or not, but ever it'll be you must have painted them up or something, or else they were already painted if you'd bought them used. Eh? For 13 hours, he very catch up to RCMP before he was shot dead in a confrontation with Mounties at a gas station in Enfield, 60 miles from where uh, the rampage began in his hometown of Porta Peak. At the end of the spree, Wartman had claimed lives of 22 people, 13 who uh, who died from bullets, and 9 who died in the fires. When two months later, the victim's family still seeking answers as to why he carried out the attack, why it took so long for the RCMP to stop him. So Maclean's magazine unearthed a video which allegedly showed Wartman withdrawing the $475,000 from a Brinks office 19 days before the shooting. And that's what, how the method that the RCMP use To send money to confidential informants agents And would not have been possible for a regular citizen to do hmm. So it, was, it, def, it definitely seemed to be working for something If it was the RCMP, was it CSIS? Was it, which agency would it have been? Right? Interesting So Ian it says, while well, compelling the latest theories have done little to placate the victims' loved ones naturally who demand to hear concrete fact, concrete facts, and uh, the amount of information being kept from us is deplorable. Uh, most of what is known about the shootings were released in the days after it occurred with little information released since then. We really don't know as, as to why he went totally on the rampage. He's just even so secretive in Canada when these things begin, these inquiries, but but definitely there's something stinks when it comes to. go go into the Brinks place, the average citizen can't get into Brinks and withdrawing $475,000 in cash, so it's all on video anyway, so Uh, it'll probably stay in limbo forever because in Canada you just don't get much information at all Mm. also I've mentioned before from the WEF World Economic Forum when they say that now is the time for the Great Reset, And that's these are the terms you already understand the terminology you're hearing as well. It's a reset, not just of financial, economic systems, but of ways of living. It's the whole agenda, folks, and uh, and a lot of topics that to be uh, put out to the public about regarding even having children or even having the right to have children yada 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 you know the the new society interesting terms of using the WEF, like reimagining the future you find bill gates saying reimagining education when he worked out odd or his company has apps for all the different educating at home or through centralized computer systems with teachers on the other end somewhere uh reimagining everything's reinventing and reimagining this, this is all planned this way this, this this conformity of language that they're all in with all using and agreed up uh, agreed to use the same terms on everything obviously you know and that so the COVID 19 lockdowns may be gradually easing, but anxiety about the world's social and economic prospects is only intensifying. Good reason to worry a sharp economic downturn has already begun. No kidding you. What happens when you lock down the country and there's no work? Eh? And lots of yeah, small businesses are out of business altogether now, they're gone. I mean, small, small businesses, maybe a couple running businesses and so on, um, depended on that money coming through. They have their own bills to pay off and probably their own debts as well for the company and for themselves. And when it stops, well, that's it. Won't come back again. And it says, uh, responding to the COVID-19 pandemic requires global cooperation among governments, international organizations, and the business community. <laughs> yeah, Well, not the small business, you know, just the big ones. They, they'll get bailed out. And it says the platform is created with the support of the World Health Organization is open to all business industry groups as well as other stakeholders aiming to integrate and inform joint action, it says, for an unprecedented global health emergency, etc., etc. Yeah. Well, none of us asked for the WEF to do it all, and we don't vote for them anyway, but they seem to run our lives because those who run it all at the very top of the WEF are the world's ultra-wealthy elite. <laughs> They are the ones, eh? That's quite something, eh? But they've got it all worked out, and again, the Rockefeller Foundation is churning out stuff that you wouldn't believe, but in reality, they're just taking them off the shelves, these scrolls, and dusting them off because the plans were made years ago for all the things that are happening today. That's how things happen, eh? They pretend it's spontaneous. We're dealing with it on the spot in real time. Sure, Sure they are, yeah. Tell you, quite some, isn't it? But I'll put these articles up for those who want to. Just and the great mobility again. This the, the program and coalition is awfully important. How they're going to have uh, the the global new mobility coalition GNMC by the WEF active diverse community Of over hundred and fifty globally re- renowned experts All these experts where is the where is this big place where they churn out these experts eh these high priests that rule, rule our lives now you know if it rains it could be raining today you should all go outside with umbrellas no kidding eh? Or they have oil skins on, on the TV they used to have oil skins on dumb things like that to tell you that you can't think for yourself, eh? Mm, okay. Or it's going to be warm the day. Don't overdress because you might overheat and have sunstroke. Mm, okay. And if you do feel yourself getting too hot, take something off. That's why you need these experts. That's why they get paid such big money. Uh, and some folk are going to say to me, you know what, some folk need them. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> And it's true, I can remember many years ago when I used to watch TV, they had a program just on safety and interviewed different people who manufactured um, things like stepladders and they had to cover them with, with different uh, warnings about don't stand on this edge of it just by itself, don't stand on one foot if you have gone above the top rung and you're trying to paint the ceiling or something, don't do this, don't do that. Because there's so many idiots that will do it, you, you, you see, and you expect that you, you will always get the vote that will do it, uh, and, and, but they'll sue you. See, here's the thing: too, oh, someone's lawyer get a hold of well, they, well, we can sue them, you know, They didn't have enough stickers to warn you, and that happens. But uh, so yeah, I mean, I guess some folk need the experts to tell them. What to do and what not to, do. but that's not everybody. Let's be honest. That's not. That's just stuff. That's the minority, who who really can't think for themselves, or they or they truly believe that they should always let, get an expert to tell them everything you do everything. You know. But anyway, that, that's the new mobility coalition. I'll put that up for those who um, want to live in healthier cities. You see, again, this is to do with with. Accelerating the shift to shared electric and autonomous mobility. I've mentioned it before. So you're going to share cars You're not going to have so much cars running around. They want to get rid of the gasoline engine As you know, that's again agenda 21 anyway and um, We're on our way. We're on our way with all this stuff Another one too. Again, there's no scientific evidence to support the disastrous two-meter rule. I've been through this before And he's another one saying the same thing, queuing outside shops, dodging each other, at other ones inside and not getting too close to other people anywhere. Social distancing has become the norm. Isn't that astonishing? Something that was a complete made up thing with a girl and her dad and a computer. The two-meter rule, however, is also seriously impacting schools, pubs, restaurants, and our ability to go about our daily lives. The government is reviewing the policy, but what evidence is there that keeping their distance makes any difference to catching COVID? Even the Lancet said it. And what it's in here, too, the the review provided evidence from 150 studies in support of physical distancing of one meter or more. This might sound impressive, but all the studies were retrospective and suffered from biases that undermine reliability of their findings. Some of the I know some of the top uh, again uh, virologists have come out and said uh, that uh, you know half that would be fine ha- half the six feet would be fine so you're down to one meter and even less it's just completely bogus folks and, and hey that would be a miracle indeed if a virus goes there's a straight line out your mouth poof and and, and stops at six feet if, where did this Bogus voodoo come from <laughs> not nature. Believe you me, it doesn't exist in nature. Uh, yeah, that's it's quite. It really is something, isn't it? Uh, but facts don't matter. Facts don't matter. I keep reminding myself about that too. Emergency room visits for heart attacks, stroke, and high blood sugar levels fall by nearly 20%. Doesn't mean that, uh, folks will read that and think, oh, well, good. it's good, uh, it's, it's fallen, you know, there's, there's not so many visits, so I guess it's better. As Americans are scared of catching COVID, that's the reason, it's not because of not having heart attacks and strokes and stuff, they're scared to go to the hospitals, you see. And that's from the CDC, which they knew too, since they couldn't get in anyway, they, they closed most of those things down. And the were dying, and uh, even ambulance drivers weren't even taking them to hospital at times, you know, so That's been in the papers as well So many folk have been really killed uh, by the fact they can't get treatment for things, which, which they could have been treated for It's disgusting what's happened here You have pretty well empty hospitals at times, but there's nobody in the ER or anything else to take care of people who are really sick So, the visits for the heart attacks fell by 23%, for strokes fell by 20%, and for uncontrolled high blood pressure, sugar levels decreased by 10%. Or, in my folk diet here. And for hyperglycemic evidence, the largest decline was seen amongst the 18 to 44 age group, which fell by 12%. And. uh, so these are life-threatening conditions that declined because the folk <laughs> couldn't get in the hospital. Uh-uh-uh. Never mind all the other elective surgeries and and cancer treatments, you know, if you get if you had a tumor and they spotted it in its early phase, you eh, and it was like a singular tumor uh, and those things, once you start spreading, those things spread but like by the hour, <laughs> once you start spreading, and and you, you could have wiped them out on time individually, but he's the first one. He's the primary one, but they couldn't get in for treatments, right? So with the timing, that they're, they're called in, it's spread all over them. This is, this is a death sentence, folks. What's been happening with this big farce, this con, is just astonishing. And and the hospitals were anything but overrun, in most most places, most cities and towns. Terrible, absolutely terrible. Absolutely terrible. And it doesn't give you a follow-up on how many of the, the poor folk died with this, you know, because they couldn't get treatment. Terrible, terrible. So there you go. Now, just to make just to just to make you cheer up. And, and it's true, you've you, you got to cheer up once. You can't live in gloom and doom, you know. Even that's all you're getting fed right now. But as, don't you look up to scientists. That they're going to rule your lives and manage it. It saves all that heavy thinking stuff, you know, of worrying. Scientists are going to make sure they can manage your lives for you. And, and through computerization and monitoring and spying on you, you'll be able to, to keep you perfectly safe. And and maybe even wrap you in cotton wool in case you fall and hurt yourself. And maybe maybe they'll get a program that'll predict when you're going to fall, right? And stuff like that. Well, uh, just take care of you. Because, well, because obviously you can't take care of yourselves. Right? Uh, but it, it makes you feel so wonderful when... When something breaks out that terrifies the whole planet, and then they tell you it comes, and let's be honest, come on. They, they said it, it was within distance of the Wuhan lab, and and we know that Fauci and the rest of them were had given certain viruses, coronary, to the Wuhan lab, and yada, yada, yada. So that's what terrified people. But science really is on your side, no matter what you think. I mean, that atom bomb thing, and, and all the ones they let loose, of the Bikini Islands. Years ago, the spread radiation around the world. Those were just, you know, they were just little fads that they went through. You know, just, that's just fleeting fads, you see. So we should just forget that and think of all the positive things that science has given you, you know. So uh, this like, like a totally sp- surveilled society, <laughs> spied and so. On. Genetically modified mosquitoes could be released in Florida and Texas beginning this summer. Silver bullet or jumping the gun? It says. Eh? Yeah, Isn't all- that amazing, eh? Natty? And I had touched on this one before, but it, it says this is for the first time that genetically modified mosquitoes could be released in the U.S. That's not the first time at all. Well, on May the 1st, 2020, the company Oxitec received an experimental use permit from the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency to, to release millions of GM mosquitoes uh, labelled by Oxitec as OX5034. I think I mentioned that last week. But does it make you feel better that, that forget yeah, about viruses that might be man-made in laboured, and, and just concentrate on the good things that's coming, like these mosquitoes uh, that are modified as well, you know? And it says, well, these lab-bred GM males are released and mate with wild females. The female offsprings die, it says. Continual large-scale releases of these GM males could eventually cause the temporary collapse of a wild population. So there you go. And genetic engineering for disease control. That's why they're doing it. Understand? They're going to create genetic things that can carry diseases to control disease for disease control. And um, this is mosquitoes that can't spread disease are examples of how genetic engineering may transform the natural world. Isn't that wonderful, eh? As the new advances in genetic decoding and gene editing emerge with speed and enthusiasm, the ecological systems they could alter remain enormously complex and understudied. Mm. So... Uh, <laughs> it's quite, you're living in Frankenstein's world, eh? And you're taught to. it's wonderful. That's great. And the whole thing, but um, I know they had dengue fever in Florida for years. And someone, I think, some of the things were released there at one time trying to do with that. And Bill Gates isn't all that stuff as well? Of course, with his his different funding to to help humanity. Doesn't mention it with this one? But I wouldn't be surprised if he was, because there's very little he doesn't have his finger in. Or there's very little, very few pies he doesn't have his finger in. Maybe none of them actually. But that's what we're living through. Genetically engineered mosquitoes. Don't forget, that's the oldest modification. Before they were just modifying and interbreeding different types to get big, heavy mosquitoes for loading doses, for transmitting diseases for the war industry. <laughs> but here, these ones here are gonna help you. There you go. Maybe, maybe when you hear that bzzz coming towards you and you've been in the military, you, 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 you see halt. Friend or fault, you see? Find out what it is. Is it a friendly mosquito or a normal or or, or a, a modified one, Hey, eh? That's rather nasty. Yeah. And you'll be even more shocked if it answers you. So I mentioned that one last weekend away, we? And you can go into it. it's, it's longer than I, I read here because it goes into the possible the side effects, and maybe problems to do with genetic engineering and the fact that folk might have bad reactions when they get stung and bitten by these mosquitoes because uh, you can get prophylactic shock because of it's a different type of mosquito, you see. Just, just little things like that, you know, for the greater good. There's always got to be sacrifices for the greater good. The government wants to ban the caste choir, from singing, right? When musicals return to the West End in London, says Lord Lloyd Webber, because of fears that it spreads coronavirus. I guess they can mime me. Eh? I guess I, I, just just do what these two do on the on, on the, with the with the groups in Britain on top of the pops. They could go on there and just mime uh, quite safely because yeah? they're not forcing their breath all over the place. You see. The composer reveals he has talks with the cultural secretary, Oliver Dowden. And so Weber says he's unimpressed with the current government advice. Theatres have been closed since the coronavirus lockdown began in March. And uh, amazing, may seem to going a supermarket, but you can't go into a theatre. Eh? But it's a special virus, though. So it's a six-feet thing as well, you know. It's just... Uh, <laughs> so uh, Lloyd Weber revealed his plans to test hygiene technologies needed to... To bring back this, we I mean hygiene technologies uh, to be showcased in the first week of. Maybe they could attach certain things like ultraviolet to the mouths of the singers, so that when they sung out and the breath came out and all that, uh, it, it would sterilize the any the, the, the viruses and the molecules of water vapor, you know, from the breath. Yeah. I should have said that someone would get a patent on it right away. You know, yeah, there you go. Even though I think they had something similar to that in the, the the original Star Trek series, I think it was the one too, where where that that woman, the woman she was a princess and it was being transported for a marriage. She was not not willing either to go for the marriage. They would cement uh, the friendship of two planets that were always at war with each other. That's what it was. And and some of them and the, you'll see them with this little thing round their, their necks. They were kind of blue faces that had. But they, and two pointed, not pointed ears, like, this. they almost had, like, um, um almost like uh, two proboscis on top of their heads, as, as well as ears, but they were blue faces, and they had this little thing around their neck that gave up a, a vapour in front of their mouths and noses. Maybe they could come out with something like that, eh? And you could sing cats to, to you could hear it gurgling at certain points, gurgle, gurgle, you know, this water vapour stuff. Just a thought, you know. So anyway, he says, he revealed he was not impressed with some of the safety provisions, blah, blah, blah. And uh, the government has advised the Thursday to ban singing when the musicals return. It says, <laughs> <it's so laughs> one of the things that's brilliant for, for musicals, he says, which is that you're not allowed to sing. He was, he was referring to singing on stage specifically. I guess we can sing in the bath, perhaps. eh? Experts have warned us. Well, maybe that's what they should all do, is that they should all go into their cubicles in their, in their bathrooms uh, and just amplify on the stage when they're singing, and that'll be safe then, eh? Experts have warned that singing is particularly dangerous in terms of spreading the coronavirus. Experts again, eh? I wonder what kind of experts they are, these ones. These are singing experts, eh? Or, or maybe they're, they're aerodynamic ones. that they, they, they can tell the patterns of the viruses, but if, if, if they're singing on stage and they're six feet away from the folk, of danger, eh? And the folk in the audience are way, way more than six feet away, for goodness sakes. Or is it all voodoo and magic anyway? Well, of course it is. And you don't need an expert to tell you that. So, Lothar Wheeler, the head of Germany's RK1 Diseases Institute, says the droplets can fly particularly far when they're singing, he says. I guess he gets paid a lot to come up with this kind of stuff. Because he's an expert, you see. It says several states in Germany have banned choir singing in church services, even as shops and restaurants have opened. Speaking on BBC Radio 4's Today programme, Lord Weber said, or Lloyd Weber, or Lord Weber, I guess he's both now, said it's already been proven that theatres can reopen safely in South Korea. Yep. That doesn't matter. Facts don't matter now. And it says, um, believed to be the only large-scale English-language production air in the world, the show's world tour has been attracting large audiences to the capital's 1,600-seat theatre. I guess it's is the Phantom, is it the Phantom of the Opera, or was he running here Phantom of the Opera? Yeah. The show is a mandatory three-week break in April after an outbreak of COVID-19 among staff, but has since run without problem. There you go. But there you go. That's how how dumb it's all getting, and how silly. But I'll get a lot sillier than this. Everything's silly, isn't it? Even demonstrations across the planet. Huh? And you're thinking this all you do with one person being killed in America. Come on. Come on here, right? And then that, that part dies down. Then you've got the other groups wanting to riot. And to go further for a communist revolution. They openly say that. I don't know. I don't know. It's pretty nasty and pretty silly. As we go through chaos into the mouth of madness eh? maybe even from the mouth of madness now I'll tell you too I'm not finished yet mind you I should uh, remind you again before you forget because folk will forget very quickly to go into com website and make a list always do this make a list and save the list of all the official sites I have listed on the the com website these are my official sites. Anything happens, remember, you can always go in there and go to the com site on the Sundays and download the talk because there's different things that can happen occasionally and have problems, and especially now with the COVID and everything else going on and, and the slowing down of Internet and different things like that. So if you get problems or anything getting pulled, From other outlets, you can always come back to the source, cuttingthroughthematrix.com, or one of my other sites listed on that one. Remember, you can buy the books and discs at cuttingthroughthematrix.com and how to do it is also on the site. And uh, you can donate to me and help me tick along here because, believe you me, it's a lot of work to put the stuff together and it's widely used by other folk who who, who (laughs) make their living on it. But uh, it's not lucrative by any means at all. I don't sell t-shirts. I don't sell anything except just, uh, what I've mentioned books, discs, and, and when I, I give out there lots of information because we're living through an incredible time. This is history. I've said that from the beginning. This is history in the making. And it's the kind of thing that uh, If you have grandchildren one day They'll, they'll turn you in and ask you what happened Back in so and so And What are you going to say to them oh, We just had a disease and Then then someone got killed And there was massive riots and then, Is that what you're going to say to them Or are you going to have the facts there Because you have to know That the truth almost go, must go down through time By a few at least Truth, that's how it comes That's how it, at the present time some of us know Not everyone passes it on but there's always occasionally the little little, little groups of people down through time keep a hold of the, the facts and the truth, not just the official records, which are always skewed, but the things that they actually happen. As I say, it's so important, too, as I said earlier, that, that I hear from people with their own, their own observations on things. It's awfully important. Nobody's exempted. No one's unimportant because you're living through it Real history, you're experiencing the real history, and don't let it go to waste and disappear, to be left with official ridiculous books. Uh, just stick to, you know, stick to getting your own facts across there, and send them to me if you. And lots of folk do, as I say, keep in touch with me. It's awfully important they do, and others can get in touch for the first time even and let me know how they're doing and what they're seeing across the world, because that is history. What's happening now is history. So I, again, uh, donate to me, and, and you can see how to do it at CuttingThroughMatrix.com. It's very much appreciated and utterly necessary. This is not to buy me second cars or something, uh, even though my, my old John Chris book kaput. And, um, and my house certainly does need need even basic repairs, but what I do is not... It's never been for the money or done something else, believe you me, I could have quite easily So cutting through the and send me a few bucks. Now, this one here too, coronavirus. This is a good example of the world, really. The UK needs to borrow more than 400 billion pounds, actually, 400 billion pounds over two years. An international monetary fund warns it as it abandons hope of V-shaped recovery, it says here. Well, that's the whole idea. Don't forget the Royal Institute for International Affairs that was simply the, the, the group called the, the Lord Alfred Milner Group and Round Table Society that ran the British Empire and set up the British Empire, really took it over at least, and really pushed it further, it became the Royal Institute for International Affairs, the private group, which also has its, its American branches, CFR, etc., they also set up the world bank the bank for international settlements the international monetary fund um, the united nations eventually they set up that too everything is anything they set up and it's all they run it all it's one group of private private banks believe you me so the uk needs to borrow more than 400 billion pounds over the next 2 years the international monetary fund warns as it abandons Hobo, V-shape. Now, the IMF, International Monetary Fund, that's like the collection agency for the World Bank, you see. And they come into a country when you can't afford to pay back and they slash all your social programs to the bone to make sure they can get their paybacks, you see. That's how it works. So they bring in austerity. So there's Britain, definitely on the road to austerity, and uh, and they're totally uh, way over their heads in, in massive debt, but so sort of as every other country because of this COVID nonsense. And says the UK debt now larger than the size of the whole economy. Uh, this is another article here too. And this debt is now worth more than its economy after the government borrowed a record amount in May, 55.2 billion pounds figure was nine times higher than in May last year, and the highest since records began in 1993. The boring splurge-sent total government debt surging to £1.95 trillion is <laughs> seeing the size of the economy for the first time in more than 50 years. And listen to this nonsense. The best way to restore public finances is to a more sustainable footing. To safely reopen, reopen our economy so people can return to work. I guess some genius said that, eh? Huh? we set out an action plan to do this in a gradual and safe fashion, including reopening high streets across the Why go through this farce when you've had massive uh, protests across the country? They ignored all these lockdowns and everything else. Come on, come on here. Huh? So income tax, it says income from tax, national insurance and value-added tax all dived in May amid the coronavirus lockdown as spending on support measures soared. A lot of money is going to be big pockets too, mind you, and the same in the U.S. and Canada elsewhere, it's just that corruption runs our systems, right? David Cameron, uh, the, the ex-Prime Minister of Britain, uh, who, who was really... Uh, left-wing even though it's supposed to be pretending it was right-wing says the world health organization failed in its coronavirus response By being too slow to react and too worried about upsetting china as he calls for a new international pandemic force So they're all in a, it. In a, so here's an ex an ex prime minister He calls for a new international pandemic force for, on behalf of it. The same masters, it? Eh? And um the PM called for the World Health Organization's current pandemic role to be given to a new body. Said it was too worried about worrying China and too slow to warn the world. And here's the G20, discussed new global virus surveillance organization. There you go. In November. And this says the current system fails in two ways. The WHO relies on countries telling it about emerging viruses. Then the world relies on the WHO telling everyone else. He wrote an article in the Times, but countries are often reluctant to share for reasons of politics, pride, and capacity. And the WHO seems slow to react, mostly for the same reasons. The WHO is totally complicit with China and with Fauci and all the other characters that work with the Biolabs folks. I mean, that's. And Bill Gates, eh? Massively funded. That all came out too. A good portion of his cash comes from Bill Gates. Now he owns it now. and it's, it's, it's further left, and Karl Marx was, you know, the whole organisation, the United Nations, and the WHO. Here's the thing. I mean, here's something that really, really matters too. With all this tracking and tracing and signing up for this and signing up for that, and you and you, you have to get your tracking bracelets If you don't get a car, I don't don't. If you don't got a, uh, if you've not got a cell phone, you see with this right app on it, etc. not on the list. You're not coming in. Drinkers might have to register online before visiting pubs when they reopen on July the 4th, says Matt Hancock in Britain. Well You might have to register, eh? Mm. So it says um, it confirms the options are being considered as ways to make it safe to op- reopen the hospitality industry. Mr. Hancock insists that the government is, is on plan to get more sectors of the economy up and running by July 4th. They make clear there's little chance of bars and restaurants getting back to business as usual any time soon. As on Sky News' Sophie Ridge programme, where their drinkers will need to register before going to the pub, and order using an app, Mr Hancock said, "That is the sort of thing we're looking at for now." They've no imagination, these guys. Eh? They, they, oh well, a computer and an app it has to work, you know. What else can we do? Throw out the window and let the folk mingle, huh? they mingle. That's what they did in Sweden, I swear. And then they, then they, most folk don't get sick from this, you know. They don't. They don't even know they've had it. And you've got to get herd immunity. you got to get it. Mm-mm-mm. But of course the big agenda is to make sure you get the vaccine regardless of your own immune system, you know, you can always make it better through, through science, he says. Eh? And even then, he says it might not last very long. Even with there, as you see, but the the, the problem with the RNA type uh, treatments is that it's going to change your your epithelial system in your body, the lining of your heart, even, eh? And affects the testes just like the virus itself does, apparently. And it also um, will change the, the linings, uh, the composition to the extent of your lungs. It'll genetically modify them. Okay, uh-huh. So here you go, you get got to register for, for, uh, for having a drink now, eh? Yeah, amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh, here you go, too. And the step previously taken in countries such as New Zealand allow for easier tracing of customers if someone who went to the venue is found to have been infected. They're talking about the, the contact tracing. But Mr Johnson in Britain now looks certain to have the social distance as long as other protections such as face coverings are used in a crucial moment for the coronavirus battle Tuesday. So they might go down to one-meter rule. I guess they have to tell the virus. Look, now you have to self-destruct at one meter. The, the old six, the, the, the two meter gone, and six feet when it's gone. So it's down to half that, you see. So so self-destruct at three feet. There you go. About that, around that distance, eh? Next phase of lockdown. Loosening from delightful also Permit hairdressers to roll up the shutters in a boost for thousands of barbers and millions of shaggy-haired Britons in need of a trim. There you go, eh? Mm-mm. Downstream the city No final decision has yet been taken on restarting the £130 a year Domestic tourism industry <laughs> Oh God, I tell you I tell you Why not just Open it all up And call it a mass demonstration And, and forget all the rules And everything And let the folk make money hmm? And see what happens then That would be alright, wouldn't it? That would be all right, it'd just work, wouldn't it? I'll also put up, once again, the link to Seattle is Dying, the documentary that came out about a year or two ago, showing it was all happening with the the, the incredible tent cities, drugs, everything, uh, a, a, an economy that completely altered and was stagnant with a service economy from imported goods from abroad. That's across the country too, mind you, across the world, that's signed on to the free trade deal. But uh, the, the fallout comes across the board to people who used to have work, uh, factory works, and so all gone with free trade, of course, planned by those who run the world system at the WEF. So I'll put that up again, that link. It's worth watching. Remember, too, that there is Sentinel's sentinels back up again. I'll leave the link there for those who want to go in and see what the latest topics are. And you can read the articles by hell in a handbasket. And that's really about it for the day. I could have gone on too with more in-depth stuff. But thing is, I understand most folk really don't want too much in-depth information on it. Some do, but at least I put the articles out there. You can look things up for yourselves and study them because... When you get a glimpse of how intense and how detailed everything that happens is and how everything that happens is completely interconnected, where it's demonstrations, whether it's um, riots at the moment, to give you an impression of, of the necessity for for a complete change in government systems, that's what's really meant to do. And uh, the COVID thing, the lockdown and coming back uh, right after mass protests, it's okay to, to lock folk down again. You know, with no mentioning the fact what happened during, during any kind of spread at all, during protesting and uh, stuff like that. So, so yeah, I could go into it in more and more depth, but most folk really don't want it. They, don't, they can't really handle it too long. Some people do, but at least information is out there for those that want it. Remember, you don't don't depend on government to tell you, what to do for yourself? You better start thinking for yourselves quickly. A lot of folk are, because uh, it's not, we've never seen a time when governments backed off all like at like once, like uniformly pre-arranged. Obviously, pre-arranged folks to all step back at the same time and allow this kind of thing to happen. Is Don't you get it? Pre-arranged mass, massive organisation again. Everybody pretty well on board with it. Just step right back and and let things happen Because you're bringing in a new system And it's not the rioter's system They might think it is But it's a to suit those who already rule over you And have ruled over you for an awful long time That's what it's for And that's who it's by For those who have a small support group in their area Maybe family or friends and so on It's all the better You definitely should be uh, working together To keep each other going and fed at the very least and helping each other out to get to groceries and that kind of thing and it may be even preparations for even worse scenarios if they happen to be fomented with the authorities uh, way above us because they will certainly allow it if it need be and you better start taking care of yourselves from different circumstances and and figure out things to do under certain circumstances, etc. Very important, folks. Don't sit and wait for things to happen because when you've seen generals step back, members of the military industrial complex who are there to fill their own pockets as opposed to help the country stand back and allow things to happen and even saying that they wouldn't back up the president are going to do anything. Then you've got the police situation where they won't do anything either because it's not safe for them to do it because they can't get backing either from superiors and politicians. No one's going to lose their job over upsetting certain segments at this moment. And that's plain to see. So uh, you have to take care of yourselves because this could turn into into a horror show very quickly with another incident if that is, is what the big boys want themselves They certainly want a regime change But it's not going to be what you think is This is the same change The post-democratic system that The Club of Rome Which is part of the WEF Has been talking about for years A post-democratic system They've got to ram it in And this is their way of doing it For those who haven't figured that out yet <laughs> So anyway, hang in there And keep in touch, the folk out there It's very important as we go through this scenario. And it's not finished yet, as you know. This is to bring in a new system that was planned a long time ago. And it's a way to do it. From myself, Alan Watt from Ontario, Canada, this good night. May your God or your God's go with you.